is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Getting sacks is uh, uh, a thing that people always harp on, getting sacks, but it's not about always getting sacks. It's about getting the ball out. And for a player that's on the defensive side of the ball to be able to get the ball out is basically making him an offensive player. And I look at myself as an offensive guy because any offense I've played with, when they're in uh, detrimental situations, they look at me to get the ball back. And if I can get the ball back for them, it just gives them another opportunity to be able uh, to win the game for us. So that's another uh, trait that I will bring to a new team is getting the ball out. Who doesn't love a force bump? That's Yannick Ngakwe on NFL Live showing his worth. Says he's a top three to five defensive end in the NFL. you agree with that? Cleo Mack, Von Miller. I mean, I go for the, the cat from Tampa this year. I mean, 19 and a half sacks are pretty good, man. Um, so he's not top three, I don't think. I would say not too many people would consider Yannick I'd, Ngakwe I'd top, top three. Ten for sure. I think he could probably sneak in the top ten. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, if we're being real, I, if I was Yannick Ngakwe, I'd think I was top three. Absolutely, and you should. That, that's the mentality that you have no to doubt, have. No doubt. No yeah. doubt. I have no problem with him saying that. I'm just saying in reality, where would you rank him mm-hmm. uh, in terms of – now, listen, <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing that I can never get past when we talk about ranks and, and stats and Yannick Ngakwe. The man – just turned 25 years old last week mm-hmm. last week and he is second in franchise history in career sacks do i have to say that again 37 and a half career sacks is second all time in franchise history now that might be eighth on the list in buffalo or denver or somewhere else <laughs> but here in jacksonville mm-hmm. it's second on the all-time list and he's just turned 25 he's never played it down a football at the age of 25 mm-hmm. That's hard to put your arms around and be like, yeah, let's get that guy out of here. Hasn't even entered his prime yet. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's like you've got to be so careful here. If you argue both sides of this, I, I want to make it perfectly clear. I want Jan here. I, I, I think I'm going to pat myself on the back. The best point I've made about the Jan situation and keeping him is that you have Josh Allen and Yannick Ngakwe at 25 years old or younger, and you have something that nobody in the league has. And by the way, if you add an offensive tackle this year in the draft at number 9 or 20, well, you now have bookend tackles on the offensive end, and you have bookend pass rushers on the defensive end. That's a hell of a way to start a football team as you try to rebuild this thing, and you have more players than that. You might even have a quarterback. So I think I I want to make it perfectly clear. I'd love to see Jan here for the next five, six, seven, eight, ten years, and I want to see him get a lot of money. I don't care what they pay him. It doesn't matter to me. I, I've always been that the thing that has me on this 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 one in particular is we haven't seen this. You know, you Jalen was so different. We have not seen this. If you want to bring up Allen Robinson, yes, they didn't keep him, but even that was uniquely different in this situation. We have not seen something like this with this Jags organization Mojo is the closest one to it, and that was almost a last-ditch effort for Mojo. As you look back on it now, he had a chance to say, hey, get me paid. I know my time's running out, and that was probably the right thing to do for a running back in his situation, and that didn't work out. So this is so unique 
for Yannick and for the Jags. So that strikes me that in, in the total lack of communication for as long as it went on and kind of the, the ultimatum that the Jags eventually put down to say, hey, either take this or leave this. And then as we continue to talk about it, I think they used the, the Yon side kind of trumped in with all their stuff on the table too early in this this deal. They had no leverage last year to play. On that, they ha- he had to play on two million dollars, and right now he's sitting there with very little leverage, other than to get desperate and get out of here. Get me out of here, please. Get me out of here. That's the phase he's in right now. I'm not criticizing him. I think it's the right move to try to do if you don't want to be here. But that's the facts. I mean, he, his clock is ticking if he really wants to get out of here because this April 23rd date is a big date for Yannick Ngakwe. If he's not out of here by the weekend of draft weekend. Well, he's in Jacksonville until at least September, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I mean, oh, man. See, as I'm sitting here, because the, the mistake I'm making right now, Brent, is like, all right, can you get a first-rounder for him? Can you get a first and a fourth for him? Can you get a first and a third for him? And, and that's where my mind keeps on going, like, what can you get for Yannick Ngakwe? And unfortunately, where I keep going back to is the atrocity that is the Houston Texans organization, because I look what Hopkins got. You know, a, a, a top three, maybe the best wide receiver in all of the NFL. And I get it. It's different positions. But Hopkins, Brent, you'll agree with me. He's one of the best wide receivers in the game, if Absolutely. not the best. Okay. Absolutely. And you get David Johnson and a second-round pick you gave up for him. So, like, that leads me to be like, well, couldn't you just trade Yannick Ngakwe and, like, a second-round pick for DeAndre Hopkins? I would take that trade all day. So, like... I guess we'll, we'll, we'll see Clowney right now, and Clowney's not getting what he wants. Clowney's supposedly taking a pay cut, uh, you know, trying to ask for maybe 18, 19, possibly even $17 million now for his contract per year. I just, to you, Brent, and we've talked about it before, but are you still from the standpoint where it's got to be a first and a fourth to get rid of Ngakwe, or are you willing to be a little more lenient? I'm not willing to... Listen, the two first rounds rounders are ridiculous. Not happening. Okay, not happening. That's fine if the Jags want to boast that and say, uh, listen, because uh, listen, uh, this is what I would Unless do if Houston's I was the Jags. Unless Houston's feeling froggy. It, well, yes, you're right. You or know? LA. Or, or LA is feeling froggy. <laughs> but yeah. if I was the Jags, I'd be saying, wait a minute, Jan, you think you're a top three player? You want to be paid like a top three player? That's what you wanted to be. Well, we got two first rounders and a fourth rounder for a top three player at the cornerback position. Mm-hmm. The defensive end position is more valued position. Laramie Tunsil got this, this, this because he's a left tackle and might be the top two or three in his position. That's why he got that. Yeah. Well, why can't we get well, this for you then? Like, why can't the Jags say that? So that's why they're publicly saying, or I don't think they've publicly said, but I think it's leaked out enough to say, hey, we're looking for a couple of first rounders here, right? We got that for Jalen. That's a good power move by the Jags. Well, here's the deal. That ain't happening. I mean, you're not going to do that. You're not going to get that. So what would you take? I wouldn't take any less now, Austin, than I would have taken a month and a half ago. But, but I'm asking, what is it? Yeah, it's a good I mean, question. I mean, I don't know what their thing is. Yeah, I, I, but I'm saying, what, what well, is definitely their definitely includes a first rounder. Okay, and it includes more. Yeah, like uh, whether that's but, player or other compensation, I don't know what the value is. I really don't. Okay, but but I'm saying it, it just hasn't budged. Okay, I got you. But let's say Ngakwe gets traded tomorrow. We come into the show. What's gonna make you happy in this? Like, what's the least that can make you happy? Where it's like, oh, you know what? The Jaguars got a pretty good deal for that, and I'm not mad at that idea. Uh. That's a good question. Um, how would I feel about it? Like those proposed trades that said 
would the Jet, would the Giants give two second round picks? I'd feel lukewarm about that. Mm-hmm. I really would. Mm-hmm. I, like I don't. Again, this is just me in my mind sure. and face value. If if you came back and said I got a first and something else, anything fourth or better, mm-hmm. because I consider that starter value, well, then I probably would say okay. Okay, you got a a, you, a disgruntled player. It it was not only it wasn't going to get any better. Mm-hmm. You actually saved millions of dollars. I don't know if that's worth it. I'd rather have the player, but you'd save millions of dollars, and you now have even more ammunition to do what you want to do this year or next year in the draft. I would hope it would be more like a first and a third. Maybe it slips to a first and a fourth. I don't think I would take much less unless it's a player of big magnitude and some other draft picks that are included in that. I don't feel like if I don't see first rounder for Yannick Ngakwe, I don't feel that good. If you just let him walk, he would get a third round tender mostly. I mean, a third round uh, compensatory pick Mm -hmm. if you just let him walk. Sure. So you have to probably get that and a first rounder for him, I I would think, um, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. For me, for probably everybody in town to feel like, okay, well, he got what he wanted. That sucks he's gone. But at least the Jags now have this in terms of draft capital, and they can wave that in our face. You know, you, you mentioned, like, Jalen Ramsey being one of the top three corners in the league. And obviously the Jaguars got compensated via that trade like he is one of the top three corners in the league. I think anybody would agree with me where two first-round picks would say that. And then we turn back and we say, well, Yannick Ngakwe claims he's a top three or a top five defensive end. Are the Jaguars going to get that? Absolutely not. And and this comes back to the thing, and, and Gakwe touched on it a little bit, and I actually talked about it last week a little bit, but it's the importance of sacks, Brent. Right? Because, listen, yeah, I just sat here and said, I think Cleo Mack, Von Miller could be some of the top five defensive ends in the entire NFL. Do you know where Cleo Mack finished in terms of sacks last year for the NFL Football, for National Football League? 27th. Yeah. Okay? How many did he have? He had eight and a half. Von Miller? Keep in mind, I think he had a little injury. He had eight. He finished 33rd. Okay, we got guys like... So where did Jan finish? Uh, 33rd? It would have been like 33rd as well. Tied yes, for 33rd. Exactly. But then you have guys like Daniel Hunter from the Minnesota Vikings. How many people know who Daniel Hunter is? Okay? Well, guess what? That guy finished with 14 and a half. Okay? He, he was fourth in the league. Is he a top five guy? I would argue and say probably not. So my point is... We tie this, you know, and, and I, I get it. You know, like Clowney had three and a half sacks last year. He's not getting paid. Coincidence? I think not. We tie so much to that sack number, Brent. All right. We, we, we tie so much to the ability to drag the quarterback down when he has the ball. But I think sometimes teams fail to realize the pressures, the strip sack fumbles, just the causes of chaos in the backfield. We always talk about three techniques. What can he do? Well, he, he gets off the ball really well, causes chaos in the backfield. We never talk about that for defensive ends. For defensive ends, all it comes down to is sex. Not saying it's the right thing, not saying it's the wrong thing. I'm just saying that's the way it is. And I just wonder sometimes if teams put so much, um, you know, of a price tag on sex where they don't really see the big picture of an overall defensive end. Yeah, and, and well, you could be right, but I think the uh, the price tag on sacks and also forced fumbles that he brought up, yeah. I think benefit. Mm-hmm. 
because I don't think again we're gonna get back to this run game stuff about I don't I'm not heavy on the run stuff okay I, mm-hmm. I think he did have his best year on that but if you are then going to go outside the sack realm and the uh, forced fumble realm well then you are gonna go to the run and and how how does he do against a run and those kind of things and I think then you'd start questioning whether is he is he up there with the Von Millers and mm-hmm. the Khalil Max and and others I think his stock drops a little bit in that category I I, I just think that's undeniable but I don't look at it that way i think it is a stack uh, a sack stat and that's where these guys get paid uh, if you're looking at the highest paid guys right aaron donald demarcus lawrence frank clark trey flowers cameron jordan d ford olivier vernon fletcher cox grady jarrett uh, is number nine at 17 million a year here's the bottom line <laughs> have we not given the jags any credit it's going to sound weird uh, and i'm not trying to play their side of it but it does make you think. If they offered seventeen or eighteen million last year, yeah, were they actually in the right neighborhood? I mean, Clowney can't get it. Well, the only guys that are above eighteen million dollars, Trey Flowers is at eighteen. Yeah. Frank Clark, Demarcus Lawrence, and Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald's on a different planet, right? Of course. Uh, and guys. by the way, uh, linebackers are not uh, totally in the category too, so that would put the uh, the Von Millers and sure, Khalil sure. Max up there. But I, I just don't. I mean, Clark and Lawrence are hurting guys like Clowney and uh, and Gakwe instead of helping. See, when they signed those deals, it was like, you will help those guys out because you raised the price tag. Uh -uh, Uh-uh, not this year. They're hurting them because where did they end up in the sack numbers? 26, 27, 29th, places like that. And we paid them $20 a year to do that. Teams are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Right? And and that's what happened. Again, none of us saw that coming. Mm -hmm. Jan didn't see that coming. I don't think any of us saw that coming. Heck, I don't really want to give the Jags that much credit that they saw that coming. Yeah. But the bottom line is, a year later, an offer for seventeen, eighteen, if it got up to $19 million, is actually not that far off. It's not. Just, and it might be in the right neighborhood. Well, and the biggest mistake, though, Brim, we talk about all the time, DeMarcus Lawrence got 20, okay? Frank Clark got 20. And it doesn't matter where you think, you know, Ngakwe should have got paid. His peers got paid more than him. So if you're a player, that's the first thing you point to. That's the first thing I would have done. And, you know, we want to talk about how much, um, you know, unfairly do teams value, you know, those sack numbers. Well, who played in the Super Bowl this past season? The 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Eric Armstead was the leading sack, you know, guy from both those teams. Ten and a half, right? Do you know where he finished? Ten. Finished 15th. Yeah. And he just got a $17 million deal, I think Exactly. But he finished 15th with ten, ten sacks total. And using the Super Bowl. Okay, so I can name these other guys who were ahead of him, but guess what? They didn't go there. Yeah. So it kind of goes to show you the importance of, you know, getting after the quarterback and bringing him down. And by the way, I get what Jan's side saying. If I'm if Eric Armstead just got what he got mm-hmm. and look at his resume, he's got like nineteen career sacks. Mm-hmm. And he's played four years. So like fine. I, I mean he might be a nice player and he's coming on. But it but I Eric Armstead's is also a three four. I mean, like he he was more of like the big defensive tackle type than he was a defensive end. The guy was like three hundred yeah. pounds. He's, yeah, he's yeah, a big yeah. He's a big. He's, it's not like the Jan edge yeah, guy. Yeah. I get it. But I think if we're looking at sack guys, right? If we're mm-hmm. playing sack totals, I just would say, hey, put put me on the list. Where do my thirty seven and a half rank? Yeah. Vic Beasley just got a one year deal for ten million bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's got to be more going on there because he did it over five years and that I think thirty seven and a half million. So. Again, I would use those numbers. I mean, Clark and Lawrence, I would use those numbers. The problem is it's harder to use those numbers because the, immediately the team right now would come back and be like, 
uh, yeah, they came, they had eight sacks. Mm-hmm. Looks like they overpaid. We don't want to do that. We don't want to get ourselves in that situation. Yeah. Uh, so what's interesting here is even take the Jags out of it, much like Seattle with Clowney right now, or anybody with Clowney who's a free agent, is why aren't people biting to pay these guys? You know, And that, that might be just as difficult as the trade piece for the Jags. Yeah, the Jags want a lot in return. But who's willing to dance on the negotiation table right now with Yannick Ngakwe if he's still looking for more money than teams are willing to pay? And this kind of goes back to my point where we kind of talked about a little bit where if Ngakwe was to have a bad attitude, right? Like you're you're from the philosophy that if he does sign the – well, he did sign the franchise day. But if he's on the franchise tag and he plays, he has to act accordingly, right, because – People are watching him. You know, uh, uh, this is kind of like his audition tape because he's under the tag. Team's going to be like, well, you know, he's still being a great teammate in Jacksonville. Let's trade for him and let's make a move right now. On the other side of the coin, though, is the fact that if he was to be miserable and if he was to have a bad attitude and, you know, maybe try to bring the team down a little bit, Brent, he's not trying to audition for 30 teams or 31 teams. He's, sure. he, he's auditioning for one Just team. Just needs one. All he needs is one, and all he needs is one desperate one. And more than likely, any team say he's he's on the you know the the Jaguars for the regular season. Any team that trades for Ngakwe is a team that's probably going to have number one good culture and number two is going to be in the running to go to the playoffs, right? Because you don't make that trade unless you have all your other pieces in place. Ngakwe can put you over the hump. So I think from Ngakwe's standpoint. You don't necessarily have to be a good soldier and act accordingly. You can kind of do whatever you want because your suitors will come calling regardless. I promise you that. They came calling for Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. They're going to come calling for Yannick Ngakwe as well. Yeah, that's a great point. I want you to talk real quick about the locker room part of it. Yeah. Uh, because, I, I, listen, players understand players' business. They get it. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I, I don't think there was any bigger cheerleader for Yann to get paid and, and, and things to happen the right way than like a guy like Calais Campbell. Right. Sure. I, I think guys root for guys to get paid, uh, especially when they see you guys work and, and they know kind of what kind of work. Really I is, think all that everybody stuff. in that locker room wants to see Yannick and Gakko get paid. How are they feeling about the situation right now, though? And when does that change a little bit to the point you were talking about? Because a year ago, not even a year ago, eh, maybe it was close to a year ago, around OTA time, Jan was saying, hey, I want to be a leader on this team. I want to yeah. be a leader. Now, that was before it reached a crescendo where it all fell apart. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not saying he didn't want to be a leader, but. He wanted to be. He wanted to take that ownership. I think that was another show to the team. Like, listen, I want to be the guy. So pay me like I'm the guy. Uh, But then it all fizzled out. So what's the what's the locker room feeling? What do you think as they're watching all this unfold and he's still on their team? And then when do you get to the point? And this is a little different year because of all this going on right now. We might not have OTAs or anything like that. But when do you get to the point like, all right, dude, put your business aside. Like, we get it. But put your business aside. We need you. Like. I'm in this locker room to win. Like, you know, I understand you want to be a part of a winning culture, but we need you, if you're going to be here, to help change the culture. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think one of the biggest attributes an NFL player can have, and I don't care if you're a second year guy or if you're a 10 year vet, I've seen this in, in all shapes, backgrounds, sizes, and, and beliefs, but football players have a, a fantastic ability to separate. Uh, the this, the team goals, the the team um you know dynamic from business. And right now we're in the off season, we're in the business side of it, right? So when Ngakwe's guys are in the locker room and then and they're, they're seeing, well they're not in the locker room obviously, but when you know when Ngakwe's teammates from the Jaguars are at home, they're watching NFL Live, they're going on Twitter obviously, they're hearing people talk, they all know what's going on, all right? And 
for the most part, I think they all understand it. Because at the end of the day, whether Ngakwe is going to be in Jacksonville or be someplace else, you you want to see your brother get paid. That's the most important thing. You, number one, you want to see your brother be happy is number one probably. But number two, you want to see him get paid. So right now, obviously, I think his teammates want to see him get paid. But, yeah, they, they love to have him there, right? Because it hasn't necessarily set in yet, Brent, because they're rooting for the business side of it. We haven't started the season side of it yet. We, we haven't started building the goals, talking about what, what we want to do in the division. That hasn't started yet. That's going to start, you know, hopefully during OTAs and, and minicamp. We don't know what the, you know, everything going on right now. So we'll see when that actually kicks back up. But that's when you start saying, like, all right, isn't Gakwe going to be here? Is he going to be gone? And keep in mind, if he's not going to be around and if he's going to, you know, hold out and do all this stuff and, and not show up, well, then you have guys like Josh Allen. Josh Allen had a fantastic rookie campaign. Couldn't have been better. Everyone's excited for Josh Allen. I'm excited for Josh Allen. You should be excited for Josh Allen. He, he's going to be the sheriff of New Sack City. Mark it down right now. <laughs> but, but but here's the thing with Josh Allen. I'm out of piece of that. Yeah, but here's the thing with, with Josh Allen, though, Brent. He had Clayus Campbell last year, and he had Yannick Ngakwe for the majority of the season. Those guys are gone now. You're right? It's like we saw Leonard Fournette post that meme of uh, Fresh Prince standing in the end. Yeah. But uh, that's kind of how it is, man, because yeah. Josh Allen is a fantastic football player already. He still has a long ways to go, though. This guy could be elite. Who's going to teach him at the defensive line? I, I get he has coaches, but who on the defensive line is going to teach him now if Ngakwe is gone? Smoot? Avery Jones? Who? Yeah, nobody. Exactly. So that's going to have an effect on Josh Allen, who's supposed to be the, the big guy going forward, all right? Now, Josh Allen is mature and wise beyond his years, and he knows how to approach his craft, and that's one thing. But not having that camaraderie, not having that guy that you can kind of tie your wagon to a little bit, like like Calais Campbell, like Ngakwe, that can be detrimental to your development as a player. That's so, a really good point. So we'll talk about Josh Allen, all our excitement. We'll keep in mind of his development, too, if Ngakwe is going to be gone, and obviously Calais Campbell already being gone and as well. not only that, just the teaming up, so the attention goes somewhere else other than Josh Allen. Exactly. So from a football standpoint there. Not done with it. I've got a strange question. And I've, heard, I've, like answered, I've had this question answered over and over and over in the negative. I'm still going to ask it again next on ESPN 690. First is first, I just want to give a special shout out to the first responders. Uh, they're doing a tremendous and great job right now with this pandemic we're going through. And uh, also, um, what happened between me and Jacksonville was, was very simple. The organization uh, had the opportunity to keep me long-term last offseason, and uh, things kind of broke off. So, you know, everything uh, happens for a reason, and not everything lasts forever. Uh, things come to an end, and it's time for me to uh, move on to the next chapter of my career. And I'm forever thankful for what Jacksonville has uh, brought to me and my family, but it's time to move on. That is Yannick Ngakwe on NFL Live. Happened uh, this afternoon, just before our show. And, uh, well... I'm telling you, we're sending Yannick Ngakwe an edible arrangement. God, those go hard. Those a are good fruit stuff. basket. Yeah. Flowers. Whatever he wants. Oh, I don't think he wants flowers. Probably bro. not. Probably an edible arrangement. More than flowers, right? Maybe a ESPN 690 bandana. Now we're talking maybe ESPN 690 t-shirt and hat matching combo. Yeah, I'm not so sure he wants all that. No. But we might send him a little gift pack yeah. whenever this is over. Sure. For at least uh, a thank you for content yeah, yeah. in times like these. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but did, did you find it kind of funny that he said he's open to any team? 
Because, like, I mean, I, I get it, man. You have the luxury now because you're not in the most prime of positions, but obviously you want to keep the, you know, the phone lines open to all suitors. But, like, if I was him, man, <clears throat> it's going to be a wide nine or nothing, okay? <laughs> it's going to be a wide nine or just uh, don't even bother. It's going to be a wide nine or lose my agent's number. So, Eagles? Okay? Eagles, 49ers. 49ers. Uh, I think, I don't know if the Lions are still running. I mean, there's a, listen, the, we talk about the wide nine defense all the time. There's shades of that sprinkled throughout every NFL team, especially in, like, the nickel packages. Even the Jacksonville Jaguars have shown that a little bit. But primarily what makes the wide nine different from every other defense that teams run is the fact that the wide nine is kind of like their base defense, right? So in Jacksonville, where you're accustomed to seeing the big end, like you've seen for the past couple of years, well, in Philadelphia, and even now in San Francisco a little bit, you're seeing more the ends out wide. So basically, you can just pull your ears back and get to the quarterback. Uh, we'll see what happens uh, in that regard. Um, by the way, we want to let you know about something we're working on uh, with Feeding Northeast Florida, and uh, we're doing it in conjunction with uh, everybody at the TV side and here in the radio side as well, and it's a virtual food drive. So hopefully you can help us out, uh, hashtag Jackson This Together, and uh, virtual food drive to benefit Feeding Northeast Florida. The easiest way to uh, participate is to go to ESPN690.com, and you can get the information there and, and find out. Uh, it'll direct you uh, to uh, the appropriate places. But $40 provides 10 snack packs to children in need. $100 helps provide four family boxes, and $250 helps provide 10 family boxes in need. You can donate any amount, by the way, $5 or $500. Uh, we are looking to put together this virtual food drive for feeding Northeast Florida in these difficult times and hopefully uh, in conjunction with all our other radio stations here at Cox Media Group and uh, CBS 47 and Fox 30. You'll help us out and, and uh, help the community as well. I know so many people are uh, struggling right now and so many people are helping others right now as well. So, uh, uh, more information on ESPN690.com. Hope you can help us and participate. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, Coos here on a Tuesday. A few minutes to go until the top of the hour. Jason Fitz, uh, mm -hmm. Fitz in the tantrums. Uh, we're going to get another tantrum coming on. Fitz in the tantrum, maybe. Uh, I like a, it. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully. Trademarked. <clears throat> All right. I'm going to ask a question. Because it's not uh, trademarked because it's already the band's name. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what am I thinking? Uh, trademarked in a segment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what, what's, what's the question here? And really, I just like to use this word once in a while. Okay. Flexing. Is this irreparable? <laughs> and I blacked out. Have we done irreparable harm? And and I'm blacked out. <laughs> what? Uh, can can it be fixed? No, I, I I know what irreparable means. I was kidding, dude. Uh, oh, okay. Come on, man. I was just helping out. You know, no, no, I mean, you never yeah. know how many concussions you, you had. All those things. Oh, I've had a uh, baker's dozen. So the. <clears throat> Listen, uh, logic says no, mm -hmm. uh, and I know that I'm going to get a lot of folks and responses to be like, no way, man, it's done. You know, I get, listen to what he's saying. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I still think you always, and I've said this since day one on this deal, you always hold out hope that something can get done and something will be done. And so I'm not convinced anymore the Jags are going to say, hey, here's 19.5 million or here's 20.5 <laughs> million and that will fix it, right? Because mm -hmm. a lot, uh, I think the consensus, the thought here is, hey, you can pay him 24 million and it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. He wants out. Mm -hmm. But is there, is there room to repair if you can't get him out? 
if he doesn't get his way by the draft and doesn't end up on a team, and the Jags pretty much tell him, much like he has done social media-wise and everywhere else, and says, I want out, and the Jags say, listen, we don't care what we get right now. You're not moving. Mm -hmm. We're keeping you here. So play on the tag or not, or let's go back to the table and make you rich. Why can't you do that if you're the Jags? I want to ask you this question, though, and this is more from Yannick Ngakwe's perspective, all right? I guess you're kind of the team right now. I'm the player. Do you think that it helps the Jaguars or it hurts the Jaguars in terms of Yannick Ngakwe, the fact that they they retained Dave Caldwell and head coach Doug Marone? Because the short answer I'm thinking is obviously it helps, right? Because Doug Marone's been a, a big advocate I think of Ngakwe so. since day one. I don't think and so. It's Caldwell. I would say Yann doesn't have anything wrong, anything against um, uh, Marone. I'm Which not I, sure. agree. I think Caldwell, uh, I think that's a different situation. I think that's okay. considered front office. That's Shad Khan, Tony Khan, Tom Coughlin, uh, Dave Caldwell. They're all the same person mm. in, in, if I, in a negotiation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think that's different. Marone, may, no doubt. I, I think I don't think Jan would say anything bad about Marone. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't heard that yet. I don't think the same would be true for Caldwell. I, I think he views Caldwell right now as the villain because that's the guy that either isn't answering calls or yeah. isn't giving him a, a better offer or getting him out of here. See, and I think the reason I say this is because I think we underestimate. And if you go back to the interview when he said what he's looking for in a team. He didn't mention money. Now, maybe that's just the fact that he's not trying to be selfish. He's trying to come across as a team guy, and that very well could be. But he mentioned winning, okay? And let's not get it twisted. Winning and losing is everything in the NFL. If you're on losing teams, it's miserable, man. It's not a fun environment to be around. Try winning two games in one season and then get back to me and see what it does for your mental stability, all right? Yeah. See, see what it does for your psyche. It's not fun. And Ngakwe had one great year, obviously, in 2017. But besides that... It's been a lot of miserable stuff. Now, one could think, well, then maybe you want to stick around. Maybe you want to turn around, and maybe you want to be at the forefront of that. And I think that's kind of how he felt 2017, right? He's like, we, we went this far. Look what we did. Let's keep riding the ship. Well, what happened in 2018? They, they go downhill. It snowballs. And now we're back at ground zero again. And we're trying to build a foundation. And I just don't think Ngakwe wants to be part of, I guess, quote-unquote, a second foundation. So the reason why I asked the question was because – if you were to bring in a new coaching staff or even a new GM, wouldn't Gakwe be like, well, you know what? We have new guys here now. They have a different, you know, change of culture. They have a different change of, uh, I guess, like way they're going to run things. And I want to be a part of this. I, I want to see this through. No, I get it. Doug Marone has said wholeheartedly he's going to change things around as he should, you know, because a lot of that was Tom Coughlin. But I wonder if it's just too late because Ngakwe is seeing the same faces. He's seeing Dave Caldwell in the office. He's seeing Doug Marone every single day, you know, when he's going to meetings. I just wonder if it's too late, and I wonder if they would have went with a, a complete new regime, um, you know, a, a complete makeover, if that would have swayed Ngakwe um, to the other side. Yeah, that's a good call. Uh, I would say it would have helped. Yeah. I would say at least because you start from scratch. Yeah. There's too there's too many bad feelings with the front office side of the building. Doesn't matter who's sitting in the chair. Like I said, Coughlin, I, I, I wondered that, and I think I've said that many a times on the show. Wait a minute, they fired Coughlin. If Coughlin was kind of the face of why the culture was bad for Jalen Ramsey, Yannick Ngakwe, and others, well, then isn't that a good move in the positive direction for Yannick Ngakwe and, and his camp? Correct. It doesn't seem like it comes across that way. It never did. In fact, it might have 
got worse, mm-hmm. uh, you know, from beyond standpoint. That's when he started after the season, kind of being a little bit more vocal or more cryptic, all those things. So I, it didn't help. So I would say, yeah, maybe it would have helped. Yeah. And maybe it would have helped if they had cleaned house. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I mean, not sure it would have definitely kept them, but I would say it would help more than it is. <laughs> I get it. You know, exactly. And then that's, that's, just helping. The, that's just the point I was getting at. Uh, yeah. Matthew, by the way, says, I'm with Brent. 91 knows the clock is ticking leading up to the draft. He's going to be forced to sign that franchise tag and not pass up that $18 million. He's desperate. Thanks, Matthew. I really need as much well, help as I can get. Yeah, you do. He's, he's already signed it, though, right? I mean, he is, he's tagged. It's like he's signed He hasn't it. signed it. Okay. No. No, yeah, he hasn't so, signed it yet. Like okay. Derrick Henry signed it, but he has been tagged by the team, okay. and you have a deadline to, to yeah. sign it. Gotcha. Um, that part will come up. Uh, I really hope Minshew is good, as the uh, <laughs> Twitter handle says. I want to be a part of a team with a winning culture. This guy says a lot of us do, so why not stick around, get paid, and build a winning culture? The Warriors ruined ruin it for everyone. I think that's an int- listen. I understand people go there with the take. The Warriors yeah. ruined. Well, keep in mind the Warriors got Draymond Green, Steph Curry, and Clay Thompson in the draft. I know. All right, but they built the culture and kind of started it over. Is the, is the point? You I know. Know. Okay, I got you. I got you. Uh, you know, and Jan was a part of that in sixteen, seventeen to kind of be the building block. Guys like Telvin Smith and Jalen Ramsey and even Leonard Fournette, they were proud of that. Yeah. And now well, it's. Going back down. But here's not why you're not the Warriors, though, man. Because Quay Thompson, gone. Um, because Draymond Green, gone. Well, I guess I'm comparing you guy with Steph Curry. Steph Curry's gone, Draymond Green's gone, and Quay Thompson is left. John V says, let him sit. More Yannick Ngakwe in a bit, but coming up next, Jason Fitz here on ESPN 690. What type of team would I would love to join as a team that has great culture? Uh, I really want to be a part of a team that has great culture and winning is a habit. I don't want to be part of a team where uh, losing is 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 a norm or anything of that nature. I want to be uh, part of something special. Also, I just want to uh, go to a place where the community, I can uh, make a great impact in the community and uh, just reach out to younger people uh, that look up to me. That's Yannick Ngakwe on NFL Live. And by the way, I don't think those are just throw-in words for Yannick Ngakwe. Uh, he, he comes from a tough area. I think he, he already does and has given back give back to the Jacksonville community. I think he wants to continue to do that. I think that's important to him. So I don't think those were just words. I think he lives that and, and wants to, to be that, uh, especially the more money he makes. He'll be able to do that even more so and help others out. Uh, the part now that he says is really kind of the – the shot, I guess, at the Jags, but I don't even look at it as a shot. I mean, it's reality. Jags haven't won in forever. Uh, I mean, they won once in 17, but that, that's it. So I don't think it's a shot to say, you know, bad culture, not winning culture, losing culture. It, it is what it is. But what, what's interesting is, so where do you go? How many teams do you eliminate if you say, I only want to go to a winning culture? And, and again, I think it's kind of humorous to a degree because I'm not sure how much of a choice Ngakwe is going to have here and where he goes. I mean, the team will will end up deciding if they get what they want in return. Now, the sides can work together to navigate a trade. Uh, We don't believe that's happened yet, but uh, so, you know, much like Calais Campbell, you can find him a spot like he ends up in Baltimore with a chance to win rather than, say, the Dolphins who are rebuilding. Uh, You can do those kind of things. I don't see that playing out with that as a top priority for Yannick Ngakwe finding a winning team. Listen, Yannick Ngakwe is going to go wherever he's going to take him. That's the beauty of the NFL, right? I mean, that's just the way it works. He has no say of where he goes. But keep in mind, a team's not going to sacrifice draft capital, at least at this stage right now in the season, or in the preseason, should I say, if they don't have a chance to win a Super Bowl. Okay, like teams that are rebuilding, like the Miami Dolphins, 
you have to rebuild through the draft. You don't rebuild by going after high-priced free agents. So right now, in my opinion, the only teams that are actually interested in Yannick Ngakwe are the teams that are in contention. Teams that are in contention usually have good coaching and good culture. I think you're right. That's a good call. That's a really good call, except I would say this. I think teams like Cincinnati could be in play. Like, I would think they would be in play. See, they don't have a ton of draft capital, so maybe not. But... I know they're, re- but they want to do it fast. And he's 25. He's better than anybody you're going to pick up in the draft outside of Chase Young. This is not a good pass rusher draft. Mm-hmm. So if I was Cincinnati and I needed that, or I'm just using Cincinnati as an example, a team that's sure. really been a bottom feeder for the most part. They're not considered a winning culture, if you will. Although they did make the playoffs a lot of times in a row, they just couldn't win in the playoffs. I, I would think they would be a, a team that would probably fit outside what you're saying. I think for the most part, you're right. But you could get a team that, even the Dolphins, uh, they've spent too much money on defense. I don't think they're going to go there right now. There's no way, yeah. But if they're trying to fix it quick, you're getting a 25-year-old guy and you plan on having him for four or five years, well, that fits your window. Because Mm -hmm. most teams are trying to rebuild it now in, bam, a year or two, not four or five or six. Uh, You know what I mean? Yeah. So it it would be interesting. But even Buffalo, like, is Buffalo a winning culture team? I guess they are the last three years. Absolutely. They were miserable for 20-something years. No, absolutely. But I think the past couple years, like, listen, back in 2017, the Bills and the Jaguars played each other in the playoffs. One team has gradually gotten better since then, and one team has gone down in the dumps. And you know who those teams are. And you know where those teams went. So I think Buffalo right now, especially with Tom Brady being out, they're my favorite in, in that division. Yeah, they so should be, too. Why, I, I, I mean, me personally, I think their culture is right where it needs to be. And yeah, so is Tampa Bay a winning culture or not? Oh, well, hey, what's up, Saints? <laughs> hey, hey, what's up, Saints? I'm saying t- Tampa, though. They got no, a guy in Brady now. Uh, yeah, but I'm saying, like, are, oh, are yeah. they going to win? They'll win. <laughs> but will they beat the Saints? Yeah. Let's see what this yeah. guy has to say. We bring in Jason Fitz from ESPN. First take your take one to three here on ESPN 690. Hope you and your family are doing well, Jason. Uh, what's happening, man? I was just living the dream, gentlemen. You guys are having a great discussion, and I think you're making really valid points about Yannick Ngakwe and where he's going to go. And, and, you know, I'm just going to chime right in. I think what this all comes down to is a clear set direction from a franchise. And that's the hardest thing for, I think, fans to accept is what do you do when you're not sure what your team is trying to accomplish? If the answer is rebuild, then rebuild the whole dang thing. And if the answer is try and win, then desperately try and win, you know, but you can't live in the middle ground. And that's what so many teams try to do that I think is really ineffective. Jason Fitz with us here on ESPN 690. Do you think he's going about it the right way, uh, Jason? I know we've we've talked a little bit about Yannick with you here on the show, but he's been very vocal the last couple weeks on social media. Uh, he goes on NFL Live today with, with ESPN, and, and I don't think he really bashed anybody. I think he said what basically he's been saying. I think he uh, represented himself well. Is he going about it the right way? Because what we said in the last hour is the clock is ticking, and there's no doubt if he wants out, he's getting desperate because the draft is a huge milestone day when it comes to trades or anything else in terms of moving from one team to another well and also keep in mind the limitations we now know exist for the draft and this is an important thing i don't think people are focused enough on the difficulties that a virtual draft is going to create remember your favorite team's coach gm owner staff scouts assistant coaches each of those gentlemen are going to be in their own home so the ability to communicate when you're on the clock, I think it's going to be tougher than ever. And, you know, I heard uh, Scott Van Pelt last night on uh, Sports Center say jokingly, well, what if they have a thunderstorm in Jacksonville and the Internet goes down? And, you know, it, it's a, a funny proposition, but that's part of why I think Yannick has to be very aggressive right now because 
if you are a player that thought that the draft was going to be where you got traded, understand that trades are going to be more difficult than ever. I said it today on first day Thursday. If you're, in my case, Mike Mayock, talking to John Gruden as a fan, well, is he on the phone with John or Mark Davis, or are they on a video conference call? And in the meantime, if there's four teams calling at once to try and trade up for a draft spot, how is he taking all of those calls at once while they're on the clock? There's going to be difficulty in execution of the draft. So I think Ngakwe is going to get louder leading up because if he leaves it to that day, the schematics of the draft might make it really difficult for him to get traded. And especially we're, we're putting way too much credit right now on GMs and head coaches being able to use Skype or Zoom. Okay, like my stepdad would be lost to use Skype right now. I come from a defensive line coach back in Jacksonville who would throw like those Microsoft Air surfaces on the sidelines, like slam them because he couldn't operate them. I just have a hard time believing 32 teams with 32 kind of old school guys trying to operate a Zoom um, or like a Windows tablet. I think it's going to be a nightmare, Jason. Your thoughts? You're, oh, you're a thousand percent right. And look, I, I laughed at it again being a Raiders fan. Mike Mayock's daughter actually went to Twitter to make fun of her dad trying to figure out technology before the draft, <laughs> which is funny until you realize that the next four to five years of your franchise could hinge on that ability. And we also sure. saw, you know, Harbaugh already came out and said he's concerned about, you know, the safety of it in a sense of will other people, other teams, even fans, try and hack into some of these Zoom calls and things like that. So in a very paranoid league where they're now being asked to rely on technology, and then, you know, like Mike Golden Jr. and I have been doing these shows together where we're using Zoom for a lot of broadcasts. There's a difficult moment where, like, sometimes the Internet will just have a little hiccup and all of a sudden I don't think, I, you know, I think I know what he said, but I'm not sure. And I'm imagining what that moment is like if you're trying to tell your owner that you're going to draft a player and it keeps cutting out on the name that he's telling you. So, you know, there's no easy solution for this. Jason, we saw Adam Schefter last week, you know, kind of go on this little bit of a rant, and it, it, it was weird to see because Adam Schefter's always the guy that just kind of reports the news, doesn't really have a personality, doesn't really offer his opinions, but he was very adamant in saying that the NFL should not have the NFL draft right now, and they should actually, you know, hold it back until things are cleared up a little bit. What do you think? Do you think it's um, irresponsible of the NFL to have the, the, the draft right now on the due date, or sh- should they wait um, kind of like everybody else is waiting right now? I, I believe you, you forge ahead. And, you know, the reason you forge ahead is because we've talked about it before. It's really a series of business transactions, right? Mm-hmm. So you're right. that it's, and, and I've made the point that it's going to be difficult to communicate. But don't you also have to at some point trust the scouting staff that's been watching for months and months and months? If they've been doing their jobs, they should be able to come in and figure out a way to, to at least have their talent evaluated. You're going to find out which front offices are the most organized, but – Ultimately, this is all about money. I mean, the captive audience they're going to get for this draft is going to be massive because, frankly, everybody's thirsty for anything that we could possibly get. So, you know, I understand the league going forward with it. And, you know, while it may hurt some mid-round
alpha dog kind of personalities in the same room together, billionaire owner, GM, head coach, all these egos, right? And sometimes they clash. Hey, that guy's on the board. Let's go jump at him or whatever. That might take a little bit out. You might stick to your plan more than you normally would stick to your plan, Jason. Oh, yeah. Well, and you're going to trust the tape more than you've ever trusted the tape. And that, you know, that could actually be a really good thing. You know, there's less opportunity for certain people to become obsessed with certain guys just because of the way they ran at their pro day. I mean, all of that feels to me like it's a benefit if you believe that the people that are running your organization are extremely competent. And that's what we're really going to find out. You know, if we're going to find out how competent some of these GMs and front offices are. And that's, you know, that's a, a challenge in and of itself. Jason, I got one more NFL question for you. That I want to change gears a little bit and talk a little UFC. But Tampa Bay unveiled their new uniforms. And I'm so desperate for NFL coverage, I actually set an alarm to remind me that today was the day <laughs> Tampa Bay would be releasing their new uniforms. Your thoughts? Well, I, look, they needed to go to the creamsicle. Thank you. Like, at the end, that, that I mean, we all happen. know that they – well, they needed it, though. That's what yes. we want. That's what we're claiming. I mean, they're calling this like a throwback, and it's not a throwback at all. It's actually just a, a cheap excuse for a new jersey, but it's not enough of a new jersey. Oh, thank you very much. I, I agree heartily. Like the only like the only benefit of these new jerseys is they obviously change the numbers, but everything else is pretty plain. Like you just got Tom Brady. Go against the wind, man. Throw all caution in the wind and go all out with the creamsicle jerseys. That's just my opinion. But I'll say, jump in real quick. Fashion I, expert I, Brett Martin. I, can't wait to hear I, your I, thoughts. I'm not a fashion expert. I just do think. You know, they went on these crazy look uniforms from the Jags with the two-tone helmet to this almost like XFL-ish look at times with some teams' uniforms. They have gone back to a more traditional, clean-cut look mostly across the board, you know? Yeah. I think Oregon got everybody thinking so far out the outside the box, and now the box is getting a little bit smaller again sure. in the NFL and that they're going more traditional look uniforms. I do have one more football question okay. uh, for, for Jason well, Fitz can, can I show, show my rebuttal real quick for those jerseys? Oh, I it, thought you were going UFC. Well, I was going to, but now I have to share my rebuttal with what you just said. What do you think? Well, I think you're wrong because I think <laughs> I think, I think think right now, look, Brent, like in terms of uniforms and in terms of culture and society, people are rocking that, you know, vintage look and i think when you had the creamsicle jerseys that's vintage like the chargers went back to the you know the, those powder blue jerseys everyone seemed to love them why not go back to the creamsicle jerseys you have a new quarterback you have a new culture right now you're trying to go for a super bowl add it to the look man like i think their look right now it's just it's too much like last year unfortunately you'd be buying their jerseys I agree. creamsicle Huh? You'd be buying the number 12 if it was creamsicle? Not only would I be buying the jersey, I'd probably put in my job application and go down to Tampa Bay just so I could rock the gear all the time. No offense to you, Brandon, ESPN 690 Jacksonville, but Tampa Bay is the place to be right now, baby. I'm kidding. I don't. I, I, look, I'm with Austin on this one, not just because he can kick my butt, but I'm also with Austin <laughs> because, frankly, like the, I, the creamsicle jerseys were such a sensation, I really think people would have absolutely flipped for them. And I'm going to be honest, too. Like, when I think of those creamsicle jerseys, I think of losing. Like, yes. I, but, but here's the yes. thing. Fred, make it right, though, man. Make it right. So, like, it's, I mean, to me, like, my childhood, oh, yeah, Tampa Bay, those ugly jerseys, and they suck. I get that. But now, man, you got Tom Brady. You have a high-powered offense. Make it right. Bring back the creamsicle jerseys and dominate. Uh, I've got one more thought, okay, on this draft stuff. I'll get back to that. Uh, <laughs> should Roger Goodell be more transparent with us right now, Jason? I have a bit of an issue with that, and I don't – he still has time for me. I, I'm not going to hold him to the coals just yet, but I, I think 
he could be saying, hey, this is why we're doing it. This is how we're going to do it. Other than these memos that I see from Adam Schefter who gets them, why can't Goodell talk a little bit here? Why can't he issue some statements? I, I feel like I wish he had a little bit more transparency right now. I feel like, Roger, you're right. I wish he did, but... And the history here just tells us exactly why he's not, because he doesn't think he has to answer to any of us. And, you know, as long as he keeps making the league money, the people that pay him every single year are the owners, and they're happy with him. So he doesn't – I mean, any perception that Roger Goodell actually cares about what fans think I think is completely wrong. So, you know, not not it should be that way, but I just don't think he cares about anything other than keeping the, the, the movement money uh, – the money moving. So – you know, you're right. I would do it that way. But, you know, he certainly makes a lot more than we do. So he's got to figure it out. A lot more. Jason, I'm not sure if you're a really big UFC fan or not, but I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Obviously, it's a big story today. UFC 249, Tony Ferguson, Justin Gagey is going to be on April 18th in a couple weeks here. And then Dana White also said that he's in the process of buying a private island where he's going to host fights there for a couple months. And listen, I have the perspective because obviously I'm a fighter myself. So I'm all for, since fighters don't have a union, right, so they're private contractors, I'm all for fighters having fights and getting their money because a lot of them need that money to, to live, right? They need that money to pay bills and put food on the table. So I'm all for fighters getting the opportunity. But at the same time, I can't help but think a little bit where this is kind of irresponsible, I feel like, with the UFC where every other professional sport is shut down right now, right, because they're abiding by the rules. And the UFC and Dana White, they're kind of taking it upon themselves to be kind of like the cool kid in town and still go on with the show. Yeah, and I think, you know, I talked to Ariel Helwani today uh, on First Take, Your Take, and and Ariel said sort of the same thing. Nobody can figure out why he's so – hell-bent on making this happen, but he is, and he's going to make it happen. You know, I, ultimately, is it putting fighters at risk? I think that should still be our number one concern, and they haven't really answered any of that. And while I appreciate the aggressiveness of it, the other point I would make is that for people that say, well, it's going to be a huge audience, as Ariel pointed out to me today, it's a pay-per-view that's an okay card mm-hmm. that's going to be, you know, 60 bucks. And are people going to pay 60 bucks for that? You know, I, as starved as we are right now, it's not like it's just a regular TV event. So, I don't love the look for the UFC unless they've got a lot more answers, and uh, it doesn't feel like they do. By the way, the State Department of Business and Professional Regulation Secretary Halsey Bashirs then tweeted at Dana White yeah. and said, Hey, we'll be your huckleberry here in Florida. We'll find a way to get it done. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and, and listen, I mean, I'm so back and forth in this because it's like the, the, the fighters' you know, well-being should be the number one priority. And listen, you want to talk about social distancing? Well, you're wrestling, you're grappling, you're right on top of each other. So that's not really going on. If one guy got sick, man, that could bring the whole company down. I get that, but at the same time, the reason why the UFC is where it's at right now is because you have a guy like Dana White who was willing to take risks, mm-hmm. right? Like when everyone said that boxing would forever be king and that the UFC is just a barbaric sport and it's stupid and it's just a blood sport, no one's going to go for it. Well, Dana White said, cool, check this out. And now guess what? The UFC is on ESPN. So I can see where Dana White's coming from, from being so aggressive, especially after Vince McMahon just had WrestleMania where everyone was t- kind of talking about that. It's kind of the only show in town. But at the same point, man, you just got to ask yourself, is it worth it? Is the juice worth the squeeze? And especially on a pay-per-view, I have a hard time you know, paying 60 bucks for this. So. Hey, we got to get you out of here, man. We've kept you a while, I know. But uh, you have a fits in the tantrums episode here this weekend. I mean, this week. Do you <laughs> anything you want to get off your chest? <laughs> this is a safe look, space, I, Jason. I, look, I'll say it to you. I said it to you earlier. But if there's a fits in the tantrums for me this week, it's that we're going to find out how many people in the NFL – 
are actually doing their jobs for once because we hide behind GMs and coaches all the time. And the fact is there's a lot of scouts out there that none of us have any idea if they're even capable. So let's see if these guys can actually do anything. And for once, let's put them in front of the microphone to justify what they're doing. If if Roger Goodell really cared about NFL fans, he would do a couple of things here. He'd let the draft go. He'd make scouts speak for the selections that they made. And he would mic up coaches when they're not getting the players that they really wanted so we could see the immediate reaction of it and the human side of it. That's the one opportunity to win from the draft. And for a league that only cares about money, at least monetize trash talking and upset when you miss a pick. That's all I'm asking the NFL to do is seize the opportunity for a salivating country and give us the money that we uh, or give us the entertainment we crave. That's all. Whoa, I hope these goosebumps go away that I got right now. (laughs) I like it. Jason Fitz, first take, your take, one to three, Monday through Friday on ESPN 690. Thanks for catching up, man. We'll do it again next week. Y'all have a great week. Thanks. Thank you, man. All right. Uh, Hopefully you didn't have to run to another one. I know, right? (laughs) Make the scouts answer, though, Brent. I like that. Uh, I like it. Why would you draft me in the fifth round? Somebody step up and say, (laughs) I want answers. That would be pretty awesome. I want answers. Yeah. That would be pretty cool, you know. It It, it is. It, here's my view on it. I think uh, the NFL takes a lot of heat and gets a lot of criticism for a lot of decisions they make. Mm. And then I think they do something and they usually pull it off. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's their track record. They're, they're a billion-dollar industry for a reason. And I understand it comes with a ton of criticism, and they don't make every move the right move. But I've got a feeling they're going to actually pull this off and with the combination of TV people that they have working together on this, and I think they'll probably work in day and night to how we're going to do this and how we're going to make it sing and, and make it work. I've got a feeling it's it's going to be very well done. Uh, and and kind of we're going much like you had about WrestleMania, right? You had you were a little uh, like, oh, mm, I was. How's this going to be? Yeah. No, there's no zero expectations. Yeah, and, and there's no uh, uh, momentum for mm-hmm. it. Nothing. Well, you came out of it and you're like, hey, that was pretty good. You're pre- pretty impressed. I yeah. think we're going to come out of the draft that way. I don't know if we view the draft like that. I just think there's going to be a lot of critics to the way this is. I think it's going to look so different than what we're used to, especially have been accustomed to in the last handful of years with Philadelphia and Nashville and what could have been Vegas. And I, I think we're going to come away and be like, hey, that was pr- pretty cool. Because yeah. when you what this time has forced everybody to do is kind of be very creative and also use technology and technology doesn't always work, but technology is not bad either. And and so I think as long as you have backup plans and contingency plans, I mean, listen, we do TV every day and we're doing TV different way than we've done it. And and as long as the, the, the big key in TV and big key for really anything is to have a contingency plan Mm -hmm. that doesn't make it fail safe. But if you have a plan, just in case, I think the NFL will have enough of those that this thing will be pulled off and executed way better than people are are thinking it will be. I love Jason's point where he said you put the scouts on the spot, right? Because this is about them this year. And listen, in the NFL, it's all about relationships, right? We talk about with coaching all the time. We talk about with players. But it also happens in scouting where sometimes the best available guys don't have a job because they don't know somebody. Okay. sometimes the guys that aren't best qualified for their position get the job Mm -hmm. because they have the connection. All right. Well, this year you're going to see the scouting department either shine 
or you know go by the wayside because you don't have the pro days anymore. You don't have these last minute interviews anymore. All they have is what the scouts have written down, what they've done with their time on the road. And don't get me wrong, man, I would never want to be a scout. It's a, it's a hard job. It's a lot of travel, man. It's, it's a lot of watching film. Forget it, okay? I, I, that's a job I have a lot of respect for. I can never do it. But at the same time, sometimes you got the scouts that want to ask you the dumbass question at the combine, right, like I had encountered. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden you guys are getting put on the spot, and we're going to see are you earning your paychecks or not. So I think this is a, is a fantastic opportunity for, number one, for scouts to maybe earn their way up a little bit and say, you know what, I, I know what I'm doing here. I'm doing my job well, time for promotion. And then you can actually weed out some of the bad guys. Well, so. And I think it's a really good point because I believe, and I don't know if this is the case all across the league, but I think scouts like kind of, they stay in their job for a long time. Like there's not a lot of turnover there because it's a very, it's an interesting calendar, right? Mm-hmm. When you make coaching changes in December or January, well, the scouts that you had, are putting together the draft that's now a few months down the road and the combine's coming up. Well, you can't get rid of them then. You can't start from scratch. Yeah. So when you get rid of them, usually is after the draft in April. And I just don't think that position overall, I, I, I don't know this, but I would guess, uh, it's not usually makes headlines either, but I would guess it's there's not a lot of turnover in scouting staffs across the league. I think a lot of GMs that come in, inherit a lot of the scouts that are there absolutely and keep them too it's happened in jacksonville absolutely happened multiple times in jacksonville so and uh by the way that could mean that there's very good scouts too (laughs) very good scouts and not good decision makers are two different things sometimes but the reason why i don't think it will be they'll ever allow this hard knocks ish kind of reality look at it is because it's already such an inexact science drafting And so you would put yourself out there, not only with the pick, but you'd put yourself out there with your words at why you draft. It only gives people more ammunition to rip you down the road. Sure. You know what I mean? No. I mean, they're never going to do it. They won't sign off on something like that. I love the idea. I'm just saying they won't sign off on that. I I think it's great, though. But at the same time, Brent, we talk about a professional football league here where players get held accountable all the time. And when a player messes up, you got to face the music. If a coach makes a bad call, bad decision, that coach faces the music. Um, if there's a, a, a bad trade or there's a trade going on, usually the GM will come forward and say, what's going on? Scouts, though, they're behind the scenes, man. They're pulling the strings, but they're behind the scenes the entire time. They don't have to answer for anything. Now, yeah, yeah I mean, I'm sure it can come down from a chain of command where they get yelled at by you know, GMs, but they get held accountable. But I'm talking about from a public light and everything. It falls directly on the GM and never the scouts. It'll be a very interesting draft in that sense. You're right. Scouts will take center stage and also the trust from GMs and coaches and and front office personnel in those scouts will take center stage in the 2020 NFL draft. More football talk. We've got 10 questions coming up. i got an interesting question for you. It has nothing to do with sports. That's on the way as well on ESPN 690. Uh, the first thing I have to say to any 31 team, other teams that would uh, like to take me during a draft, uh, I bring just a, a different a presence in the locker room, not just on the field. You can reach out to anybody that's ever played with me in uh, in Jacksonville. The kind of intensity and aggressiveness I bring is different. Uh, in my in my opinion, I'm a top five defensive end in this league, top three. Uh, my my play hasn't been able to be seen like that. Uh, being playing in Jacksonville, uh, not having too many prime time games. 
So, you know, if I do, if I end up landing on a team that's prime time, hopefully I can show the world what I can do uh, completely. I guess that was another subtle dig at uh, Jacksonville. Not a lot of primetime games, but whatever. I, I don't care about the. I mean, those are facts too. <laughs> so, oh yeah. Again, I don't. I don't know if that was even implied as a as a dig. Uh, but especially playing the Titans every single year. Yeah. Uh, worn out. You know, I will say this: Jan does not get the love that he earned nationally. He really doesn't. Hasn't. And. That is, I, I've said, I, I've bunch of theories on it, and one, I don't think it's primetime games, to be honest with you. I, there is a big belief among players that primetime games do matter in that sense. Well, I, I, I don't buy Brent, but that, When you man. have primetime games, nine times out of ten, that means you're winning, that, that you won the last That's season. That's a good point, yeah. So, so if you're winning, and then the more you're on ESPN, the more you're on NFL Network. Yeah. That's a good, that's a very good call there. Like I, I'm not saying just Jan. I've heard Calais say it. I've heard. I, I I don't know if I agree with it though. I mean, we're talking about the NFL, man. There's 32 teams, and a lot of them get seen. There's this thing called the red zone channels. They've seen the the interception return of Jan on the red zone channel. Mm-hmm. You know, the scoop and score, the the late fumble force, the whatever it might be. I, I'm not saying like, listen, was was Eric Armstead a household name until he went to the Super Bowl? Probably not, you know, until he just signed this big deal. I would say, ah, probably not. So I get it to a degree. I just think it's an overplayed thing. I think if you're good, most of the time you're going to – now what you what you lack is the fan vote sometimes for the Pro Bowl. And, like, I know Jan was frustrated last year with some of that. Yeah, but listen, you can't neglect, though, Brent, the fact that primetime games are a big deal, okay? Like, take the Miles Gardens in from last year, for instance. Well, do you true. do you yeah. think Miles Garrett would have been you know we would have been talking about that um, at nauseum for as long as everybody did if it wasn't on a primetime game? No, it's good I goal. doubt it. Well, you listen, know? I so, said it hurt Josh Scobie a lot. Scobie yeah. would have probably stuck with Pittsburgh if he didn't miss he missed back to back primetime games. That sure. it was like Monday night or Thursday night games. If sure. those were Sunday afternoon games, I'm not. I, he might still be kicking for Pittsburgh. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, two years ago when the Rams took on the Kansas City Chiefs and it was an instant classic, a high scoring affair. Yeah. If that game would have been at noon or you know, I guess it would have been one o'clock here. If that game was at one one o'clock, do you think people would have cared as much? Probably not. Yeah, I don't know. See, that's where I think they would have. Oh, I, I I disagree wholeheartedly, man. I, I disagree. I I think that, that yeah, I get it. We live in the in the in the modern era now with the technology and everything, where you can watch any game anytime, anywhere, and that's fine. But you can't take for granted playing underneath the lights like you did in high school or in college. Like, there's just there's something special about it. There's something about being in that prime time slot. Yeah, there's right. something to be said for it. You're right. I, I, I guess I can, I'm just trying to think of a play Anik Ngakwe made that would have elevated his status from a national standpoint if he played if he made it at, at, oh, at, at 8:30 at night rather than at 3:30 in the afternoon. The, the last game against the Titans that he played against in, in Nashville for wait no it was, it was at home. I stand corrected. I'm sorry then. Yeah, because I remember the play where he calls like the sack fumble, but that was the second game I believe, right? Or was it the first game? Second game. I don't even. know. I don't know, man. I think it was the first. But you think yeah. if that was in the prime time, people have been like, I, you and know, it may have helped a little bit. I, I think Clayus Campbell helped out as a stock big time against the Tennessee Titans that Thursday night game. He believes that too. Well, yeah, really, yeah, yeah. He does believe that. Sure. You know? Yeah. But like, I think Clayus Campbell burst on the scene in Jacksonville, and everybody knew Clayus Campbell right away in Jacksonville because he had four and a half sacks against Houston in his first ever game in Jacksonville, and though. that was at one o'clock. Brent in Jacksonville, though. 
did the whole world know about Clay Campbell? I, I think he did, though. though. Okay. I think he was all over the place. He was four and a half sacks. He was on NFL Network. He was on ESPN. I mean, I don't remember exactly, but I think those are the kind of games that stand out from an individual basis that you're going to get run highlights on. And when you do something crazy like that, anyway, good or bad, Miles Garrett, bad. Calais Campbell, four and a half sacks, or Jalen Ramsey, two incredible picks against Pittsburgh. Yeah. You know, the Pittsburgh picks, I think, that he had those diving interceptions. It was an afternoon game, but we knew Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. I mean, Ramsey has a different flair about him, I understand. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, Ramsey made a name for himself in those same amount of primetime games. Mm Mm-hmm. I just and Calais has made a name for himself in Jackson. People know him in a Jags uniform, more so than even in an Arizona uniform, perhaps. I'm just saying, Brent. When 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 you know you're the only game in town, and when you know all eyes are on you, sometimes that's where you can play your best. You know, and I'm just I'm just I'm very adequate about it. I don't about disagree it, just, with you. I think you're right about it. I just think it's an overplayed player perspective that. If I get in primetime more, I'm going to go to more Pro Bowls. I'm going to go be all pro. I'm going to get I, – I, I just – I get branding's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't – I mean, look, at Olivier Vernon went to the Giants. Nobody knows Olivier Vernon's still playing. You know why? Because what has he done? Sure. No, <laughs> you know? you're, you're right. Yeah. So I, I – I, I think but once again, he played on a Giants team a, who didn't play prime time, though, because they, were that, they weren't that good. Yeah, they, they yeah. weren't that good. I mean, even earlier – if you go back a few years ago, yeah, they weren't that good because Coughlin ended up getting fired. Yeah. Um, probably one of his first years there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I guess you're right. Uh, it probably is hand in hand. You're good. You're on TV more in highlights. Yeah, yeah. You're good. You're in prime time yeah. more. Right. Sure. All those things. Still a little surprise coming off 2017. Jags weren't in prime time a little bit more than that than they were. Do you think the Tennessee Titans? I mean, I hate. I know you don't want to talk about them, but one would think this year. Why they're boring. They also went to the AFC Championship uh, bo- game. But so did the Jags. Okay. They're boring. All right. Jags, Jags were a much more entertaining team yeah, in right. 17 right. and than the Titans were last year. And 2018, how many primetime games did the Jaguars have after I that stellar season? I want to say they season? had two. Yeah. I think that so, was it. It's not everything. Okay. So, but I would Meanwhile, say, the Browns had like how many last year? <laughs> they had like six. I think it was maybe five. But, but you know why that was? That's all because know. of the hype. Yeah, you know, it's, it's because yeah. of the hype. Uh, yeah. You know, and they weren't. They didn't earn that. No. But... They'll probably have more primetime games this year, too. They just added, you know, Hooper, and they're, they're going to be considered to be good again. All right, we have Saqib hanging on the line. Sorry, Saqib, we didn't get you. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Thanks for uh, hanging out with us. What you got, man? What's up, boys? Not too much, man. What's up with hey, you? hope you and your family are doing well uh, through these uh, crazy times. Uh, you know, I'm just saying, like I said to you guys before, I'm just, just trying to stay away from people. That's the best thing to do with social distancing. My daughter, she, she makes it like that. We're not six feet apart. We're not six, you know, stay away six. I was like, I'm trying, you know. But let me ask you guys this. Um, Unique, I think this guy, I, I started, I really love this guy, okay? I'm not going to lie. I really, third round pick, great guy. Austin, you were a third round pick, I believe. Okay? I was a f- fifth round pick, but close enough. Fifth round pick. Yeah. But you take the third round money. Third round oh, I'll take the third round money all day, man. <laughs> yeah, but my point, my point is, I, I do understand the mindset of these guys that are late-run picks, haven't made the money that Jalen Ramsey has made. They don't want to come and pay for $17 million. I get it you don't want to be here. But, dude, you're, getting, you're going to get $17 million guaranteed. Come and play. I, I get the whole injury thing. But where else a guy like me who's unemployed, who got laid off a couple of weeks ago, I can't even get my unemployment right now because it's so busy right now, okay? No, no money at all. 
You make it seventeen million dollars in cash, dude. Go play, bro. Go play and go do your job. I don't understand this guys anymore. Just go do your job, man. I mean, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. Prima donna, man. That's all these guys are. I'm sorry, Austin, to say that because I know you're that's your your guys are your NFL players. But come on, man. There's a lot of people who are hurting right now who don't have jobs. And you're over here complaining that you're, not, you're getting only $17 million. Sakeem, let me ask yeah. you this real quick. Uh, and, and by the way, I mean, Austin's the biggest prima donna of them all, so that's okay. You said that. He's successful <laughs> every day. Okay. Uh, but they, uh, uh, take these times away, and I understand it, it's personal, and, and, and I think the time perspective of it is, is, is definitely notable. But I also think – I don't think the times have anything to do with what I've seen as a little bit of a turn in the fan base. Like you said, Yannick, you love the guy. Uh, Third-round pick, works his butt off, uh, fun player, better player than anybody outside of Jacksonville even wants to admit all those things. Uh, one of the fan favorites really is. And now that seems to have flipped. Uh, with or without these times, I think that's flipping. Am I right about that? And and. Why is it flipping? Is is it the social media stuff? Is it that relationship that fans and, and players are on in different worlds where passing up $17 million is an option? Uh, why is it flipping? Because the way he's doing it. He's doing it all wrong. He's doing it on Twitter. He's doing it on um, ESPN. He's doing it all over the place. He should not be doing it the way he's doing it. If he doesn't want to be here... Talk to whoever you need to talk to. Go, stop saying that you don't want to be in If you don't want to be in Jacksonville, in this beautiful city that we have here, get out. Get out. Stop doing it on social media. Do it the right way. And he's a quiet kind of guy, so I'm kind of surprised that he's doing this, Brent. I am shocked that he's doing this. I would be – when Jalen Ramsey was doing what he was doing, I understand him. Jalen Ramsey talks too much. We already know that. But I'm surprised that unique that he's doing this, and he should not be doing it like this. I, I love the guy. I hope he has a good career, but I hope he's not here in Jacksonville. I really hope he's not in Jacksonville. That's what I'm, my hope is. Saqib, uh, thanks, man. Uh, be well, and appreciate you listening to Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Okay, okay you got there's, there's things here that uh, are at play. Uh, one is, I think it came up last week, the whole feeding the family part, taking care of the family part, that, that with these times doesn't resonate with anybody because people are losing jobs and all those things. But there's also something bigger, whether it was these times or not, $17, 18000000 million versus what I would say normal people make. We can't relate to that kind of stuff. And, and we try to relate to that kind of stuff, uh, but it's all about what you're worth. It's all about the market. It's all about... You know, a lot of times we'll bring up like actors, you know, in movies and stuff. Nobody gives a damn how much those guys make and they make twenty five million dollars to do a movie. You know, uh, if you're worth it, you're worth it. So uh, you've got to find what you're worth in your market value and all those things. I never have a problem with the dollars. Now, I do think if a young man has an ability to make thirty five million dollars over two years, he ends up making two. I think I, I that's not good. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't agree with him there. I just don't. Um, so there's a, there's kind of a divide. Uh, I was more interested in see the emotional part of what Saqib thought because Saqib's a big Jags fan and he loves Ngakwe. Even had nice things on the way out to say, even though he's kind of fed up with the way it's going down. Um, it it brings up a question to me when Saqib said. Why did he do it this way? Why is he so active on social media? Why all these things? Well, we started the show with 
Well, he's desperate right now. He, he knows the clock is ticking. That's that's reality. Because he can't leave. And he can't okay. leave. Yeah, he's got very little power if, here. If he could leave, he'd already be out the door. Absolutely. He can't leave. And being the nice guy didn't work. So this is why he's been outspoken and he's been doing what he's doing a la Jalen Ramsey. Okay, it's as simple as that. Not saying it's who Yannick Ngakwe is. He just wants out, man. He, yeah. He's willing to sacrifice his reputation a little bit. He's willing to sacrifice what Jag- Jaguars fans think about him in order to get out. Yeah. And I agree. I think Yannick Ngakwe's sock fell drastically with Jaguars fans when he brought up the whole paycheck thing. All right? And in, in the current times that we're living in, I can see that standpoint, but this is – and listen, I'm, I'm not trying to sit on a high horse here and say I'm, I'm better than you or I know more than you. It's not that at all. It's just my opinion where, like you said, Brent, it's not real life, okay? Like I'm not concerned about people that make more money than me. I'm not concerned what celebrities are doing. I'm not concerned what MMA fighters above me are doing. I'm not concerned what NFL players are doing, okay? Like let them make their money, and I'm worried about my family and my neighbors and my brothers and sisters, all right? Simple as that. I say that in a – I'm an only child, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I don't concern myself with that, man. And I don't think anybody should either. You shouldn't let that get to you, man. Just take care of yourselves. Take care of your own. Make sure your neighbors have enough. Don't worry about the, the 1% of the NFL players that are asking for more money. That's that life, man, okay? And that life's not for everybody, okay? I was part of that life. I didn't make that much money, but I get it. I'm not going to take that to offense. Like, I... I I make a fraction. I make a minuscule amount of what I made in the NFL, okay? And every single job I have after this will probably be the same thing. That's just <laughs> the way it is. But I don't care, man. Go make your money. You're an NFL player. Your your story of where you've come from, the hard work that you put in, and you got to a spot and you made it work, congratulations, man. Now go reap those benefits. Go reap that fruit. I'm not going to hate on that. And people shouldn't hate on that either. I get we're in tough times right now, and I get that we can't go outside or we can't look at a, a Twitter website or we can't go in the news and see horrible things happening. And I understand that, man. But you got to put in perspective. Yes, the outside world right now, it's a scary place, and there's a lot of bad things happening but don't try to take it out on a guy who wants more money who's in that one percent don't take it out on a guy who comes from a life that you just really can't comprehend man just worry about yourself worry about your family and your friends and you'll be all right yes yeah, well, yeah, well said i i, I never i don't mind what players make i don't mind them holding out for more money or wanting more money i, I get it it's, it's just a different world and like i always say how can i have a problem with a guy who wants x amount of dollars in something i can't do <laughs> you know yeah. now if that same guy was across the street and he was this uh, that's sports anchor somewhere yeah. and he was asking for for that kind of money yeah. well then it'd be a different different animals like wait a minute let me jump well, in on that train but yeah but well, it's different it's just so different and you, let's be honest man if you're getting quit, you're essentially making millions and millions of dollars because you can get in a track stance and you can jump out of that track stance faster than 99 percent of the population in the u.s okay and you have good hip mobility those are the two things that I bought to get you seventeen to eighteen, maybe twenty million dollars. Yeah, that's it, Brent. Well, yeah, I think but, there's more to it. Well, I think you've got you've got uh, whether it's an IQ, a little craziness to you to be able to play well, that game. Yeah, See, I, I think mean, there's things you, you've played the game, no, so you know what that de- for you. And trust me, it, in it comparison, takes, you're yeah. right. But, but for yeah. me, it's there's about eight other things on that list. There, there is a lot of things, <laughs> but, but but the point is, listen, if I was to put it on paper and say, yeah, he's got good hip bend, he can get out of a stance real fast, I'd go to the random person and be like. That's worth $18 million? (laughs) But guess what, man? It may not be right, and it may not be fair, but that's the way it is. Yeah, and I don't mind. Listen, it's just like like the Jags who have to pay it. I don't care. It's not my money. Yeah. And that's kind of my argument for Jan is like, hey, 
again, I said this last week. I brought this up. Maybe it was yesterday. I think it was last week. And I said, if I in in his situation, I I almost kind of reverse the psychology on this for 2020 and say, I know they don't want me around being like this. And I'm going to take their $18 million. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the way I'd have to switch my mindset. Sure. From, I don't want to be here, and they won't pay me. They didn't give me anything I want to. I'm going to steal that billionaire's $18 million bucks. Yeah. Because he's going to, you know, yeah. if they want to play hardball, I'm going to take your $18 million, and then I'm going to go make 100 more. Well, that, that would be, that's the way he's going to have to reposition this, yeah. I believe. Uh, the question. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say. I mean, and I agree with you. That's the ultimate flex, right there. Right? Was, you, you you don't work for a business, right? Well, the business has to pay you a lot more money. You take that money and you assume that you stay healthy and you perform well in the field. So then you just up your value again. So basically, you go in the parking lot with that eighteen million, whatever it is. Give him the middle finger and say, well, thanks for your money, and I'm out of here. That's right. I mean, that's to me, that's the most ideal flex. Now, I say that like it happens in the movies all the time because it does because there's the problem. Injuries happen, yeah. right? And, and then that's the big thing. It's not a wear perfect scenario. Wear and tear in your scenario. body. It's not a perfect scenario. I, I will say this, though. Uh, that's the other reason you take the 18 because of the wear and tear in the body yeah. and potential <laughs> injuries. But uh, to Saqib's point, if he didn't play it out like this, if he said quietly to the Jags by now, I, and, and stayed quiet. Mm-hmm. You know, there's somewhere in there that they probably did his team and his camp. And then they were like, well, we got to go take a different tack here. Uh, this isn't working. But just uh, humor me. If they had stayed quiet, would they have fallen into the Boyer and Ramsey? I'm sorry, Boyer and Calais kind of situation, even a Nick Foles, mm-hmm. where maybe if there wasn't this big to do, you wouldn't have Shad Khan maybe backed into a corner, or at least feel like he is as much. And they would have. Maybe found a deal by now. Yeah, I mean, the, or would we be in the same situation? Do you no, think? I mean, the, 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 that's a great point because right now, at least, and I, I agree with you here, where you feel like Shad Khan is putting his feet in the, you know, in the ground and he's drawing a line and said, "No more." Right? The, 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 this is the last resort. We're on the final lines here, and I can't let this guy leave for anything lower than a fantastic deal because it makes myself look weak and it makes the franchise look weak. I think where if he didn't have. Um, you know, the other deals that went down, I think you'd be a little more lenient. I'd probably be a little more casual with it. But he's drawn the line in the sand now, and he's sticking to it. Yeah. He has to. Because the one thing that's forgotten about this is we say Jalen Ramsey. Telvin Smith also said, I don't want to play football for you guys anymore. We still don't really know why yeah. exactly. But it could have been very much to do with all of this. Yeah. So it really True. happened twice last year. Yeah. This could be the third one. We'll be back. We're not done talking about it. More football, 10 questions, and... Uh, I do have a strange question for you on ESPN 69. Well, I have to uh, give all the credit to my agent right now. If it wasn't for him, uh, my garage, I have like a big gym getting set up right now. He's constantly getting bands, medicine balls, uh, everything like that uh, sent to my house right now. I'm just constantly setting things up, and that's just taking most of my time. And Aiken Gakwe getting working. No doubt that was going to happen. Getting those driveway workouts, and you can stop by my place if you want, Yannick. You know, always uh, going to be disappointed uh, if Yann leaves or when he leaves or whatever. I always wanted to go back home with Yann and do a story. Never happened. Maryland, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I think he's a cool story, you know, mm-hmm. from third, where he came from, from third-round pick uh, to, to what he what's happened to him. And what really should have happened, probably more so here in Jacksonville, to become like the guy. And now that's taken such a turn that it's obviously turned into a, a different kind of story for now. And we'll see how it plays out. You know, uh, going back in the show, just to recap a little bit, 
Yanik Ngakwe talked on NFL Live today. That's where this sound's coming from on ESPN just uh, before our show, actually. Uh, he did that uh, via Skype. And we feel – well, I should say I feel – that things are getting a little bit desperate for Jan, and and I, I I don't say that in criticism of him. I think that's just reality. I think if he does not get out of Jacksonville by draft weekend, well then he's here until I think the next time frame is like Labor Day, and then if he doesn't get out then, which I think is the most unlikely time by the way to get moved out of these three dates that I'm giving you, then the next time is the trade deadline. Now, if he makes it all the way to the trade deadline, an unhappy camper most likely, money in his pocket if he decides to sign that franchise tag, less money in his pocket if he decides not to, well, he then has some of the leverage, depending on how crazy the Jags want to get and flex their muscles even more and say, hey, we'll use the franchise tag again Mm -hmm. in 2021. Uh, So there's still a little leverage with the team, but I still think that's Jan leverage because, hey, go ahead, pay me $25 million to play. Or whatever the number is, you know, but it's a, it's a crazy amount of money uh, to, to franchise tag a second year. So I, I think uh, that's where we're at. You've got the draft to get out of here. And right now that's in the immediate. And I think these the tweets of the last couple of weeks, I think the more uh, less cryptic and more just point blank messaging from Jan, including today on NFL Live uh, it, to get out of Jacksonville. Well, there's an urgency. And he doesn't have a ton of leverage. The Jags have a dozen draft picks. The Jags can sit there on their hands and wait for somebody to blow them away with an offer. Or they can sit there in the sand and say, we ain't budging. Play for us or don't. And, again, I'll I'll take you back to Shad Khan, I think, is a big player in this. I do believe that. I don't think he wants to have the perception of, hey, Jalen Ramsey wanted out. We got him out of here. Yannick Ngakwe wanted out. We got him out of here. Who's next? You know, when does it stop? When does that revolving door stop? And while I understand, okay, well, then build a winning culture, I get it. But that doesn't mean you can allow all that kind of stuff to happen while you're trying to build a winning culture. I just don't – if I'm shot, I'm not doing that. Or I'm at least holding very firm until I get exactly what I want uh, for such player. That's what happened in the Jalen Ramsey situation. There's another player in this that we don't talk much about, and that's Doug Marone. If I'm Doug Marone, I'm saying to shot, I'm saying that they've called, well, guys, let's roll the dice on here and see if he plays. I'll manage him. Mm-hmm. I'll put up with the locker room stuff. We'll get the most out of him. He wants to play football. That's what I'd be saying if I'm Doug because I'm better with him. Yeah, he's going to help you win games to save your job. Absolutely. Todd Wash, Doug, all those guys. So we don't talk about Doug in that sense very much. But I think he is an important player in saying, hey, we want to I want to keep these guys much like I brought Doug a lot into the conversation of Nick Foles and Mm -hmm. Gardner Minshew. And that's why I thought a lot Doug would really go to bat to keep Foles on the roster, because why not have as much firepower as I can have at the QB position? Obviously, Foles ends up getting traded away and. You know, in hindsight, that was a pretty good deal for the Jags. They got a fourth-round pick in return, and they get the some of that contract off the books, especially going forward after this season. So I would put that in the category of Shad Khan, Dave Caldwell, the Jags. They got what they wanted in return. They didn't just give him away mm-hmm. and say, Doug, we're going to just leave it with one quarterback. Um, but So it, I think Marone is an interesting part of this because you know his job's on the line. Uh, in in 2020, and he wants to be as well equipped as he can to at least have a fighting chance. Yeah, and this kind of goes back to my point of, you know, this is kind of the, the awkward thing that you face right now as an organization because Doug Marone, Dave Caldwell, obviously fighting for their jobs this year. 
Right now, the way the roster is constructed, they obviously need some help at a lot of areas. Okay, so there's work that needs to be done, um, but they still have to win games. You know, so obviously, if you're Doug Marone, number one, you you look out for the team's best interest because that helps you win games. You also look out for your your own best interest, and having Yannick Ngakwe there is obviously the best thing. Now, if you're Doug Marone, um, even if you're Dave Caldwell, like, do you? Go to a shot con and say, like, hey, man, we need Yannick Ngakwe here. I know he doesn't want to be here, but let's offer him even more money. You know, like, let, let, let's see if he'll take any nibble at some of the, you know, the, the stuff that we throw out there. The answer is probably going to be no, but it begs the question, have those conversations transpired a little bit? Because the Jaguars are so much better, obviously, with Yannick Ngakwe on the field than if he's not on the field. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a couple of things, too, and I'm going to get to this question in a moment. I want you to start thinking, okay? I'm putting it out there right now on social media. Here's my off-topic crazy question. It's funny how these things come up. You've been really setting this up here. I'm I mean, a little it's not nervous. Crazy. It's okay. just, but I, I'm taking a walk, one of like three a day. Good for you. Right. Yep. And I see a boat go by. A boat? Well, it's a car and a boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, so it, it was it was our trailer. Yeah, I got you. I was <laughs> this like, isn't like some UFO like, story. Okay. Come again? Like, what, you're going for a walk on what? What were you on exactly? All right. <laughs> so a boat goes by. Sure. And it says. You know, every boat has a name. Yeah. Well, it says no name. No name was like. <laughs> that was the name of the boat. <laughs> and so I was like, Steph, this would be a good radio topic. What would you name your boat? Oh, wow. So think about it. Uh, Payon. Payon, right? Um, There's a bar down in St. Augustine called No Name. Is there a really? No Name Bar? No Name Bar. wonder if that was tied to Maybe the they own it. They might own it. Now we're talking. That could be it. Uh, but. What would you name your boat? Wow. First of all, I wouldn't ever have a boat because... <laughs> no, you want those... friends with boats, right? Exactly, exactly. The... But listen, we're in Jacksonville, man. A lot of people have boats. Yeah. What would I name my boat? Coos, you want to chime in here? All right, no, I want you to think about it because okay. I'm not done. i got to get to something else here. I want to finish <laughs> off the yawn stuff. But I'm just giving you a little time to think I about it. I appreciate it. I appreciate because it. Because you know who's homework. entered the fray once again here on the show? Who's that? Coronavirus has brought back Stat Boy. Oh, out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Is he, is he he's okay? I guess he's okay. okay. Yeah. He gives us a couple of stats. Okay. Since Yannick has been in the league, he's 12th in sacks and 8th in quarterback hits. Okay. That's pretty good. That's, yeah. That's that's top 10 right there. I mean, yeah. obviously the sacks, but yeah, hits. Yeah, I, yeah, I would say that would justify as top 10, depending on where you, you know. See, a lot of people will penalize Jan for the 8 sacks this year. And his most was like 11 or 11 and a half, I think it was, but that came early, so mm-hmm. it didn't come. Again, you know, it's kind of how you view some of that stuff. But, uh, yeah, I think that fits into the top 10. Uh, by the way, Daniel Hunter is third in sacks since 2016. He got five years, $72 million. Five years, 72. So what does that average up per year? Uh, quick math. I'm bad at math, bro. Yeah, that's close to 15. So <laughs> it's, uh, try. it's like 14.75, okay. whatever, uh, I think. Okay. It's close to $15 million a year. Gotcha. Um, again, I, I think there's one thing we've learned this offseason about the dollars. And I'm not even sure Jan's tied up in the dollars anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I think this is more just principle get me the hell out of here. And I think what we've learned about the dollars is it's nowhere near north of $21 million. Nobody's paying. <clears throat> no Nobody's paying north of $21 million. I think you're going to have a hard time getting Clowney and Jan and players like that to get north of $20 million. Mm-hmm. I think it's settling back into 19 and, and maybe it is 18. 
uh, depending on who you sign with, depending on how much money they have. But again, I'm not so sure that's even an important thing anymore for Jan. I think it's so much just get me out of Jacksonville, and I think that's a, a big part of it. Uh, one other couple things while you think of your boat name. <laughs> uh, I... Wanted to get a couple more thoughts in from from some of the uh, folks that are listening to the show, and they brought these up over the last couple of hours. Uh, James says, counterpoint, you can never have too many picks. And if some desperate win-now team wants to let themselves get fleeced, well, <laughs> much like maybe L.A. did last year. Uh, Brandon Smith says, I'll be surprised if any team is willing to pay what he wants, especially after last year. Scott Adams, I don't think anyone that can lock up $17-plus million for one season by signing the tag should have any feelings of desperation. Sure, he wants a long-term deal, but 17-plus is life changing money well scott you might not think he he should have those feelings and that is a nice parachute to have absolutely Mm -hmm. but i think it's bigger than that for Jan. you got to remember you're not just dealing with a guy who's who's talking money he's now got it in his mind he wants out and when you want out what's going to change that course of thinking you know um right now it's a one-track mind it's it's get me out of here uh daniel ball Daddy says, rumor out of New York, uh, Yannick and number nine to move to four and additional picks. Good deal. It depends. What's the additional picks and, and yeah, getting I mean, the four? More, and, more information. I, right? that's, I don't think that's much of a rumor. I think it's a scenario uh, more than anything else. G.I. Joe says, you're insane for thinking he's staying in Jacksonville. <laughs> Heck, you would leave if you had the chance. Uh, well, Whoa. I'm not so sure hey, about Brett, that. Something you want to talk about? No, I'm, All right, tr- I'm trying to buy a boat. You're happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are pot committed here, sir. Uh, but yeah, that's it. Uh, that's a, some of. I got. Let's get one more. We'll get Josh in. I don't think so. I really don't think Jan's pride will allow it. Even if the Jags offered a sweetheart deal, including some sort of public apology and whatever other concessions you could think of, he wouldn't take it right now. Well, there's a lot of thought right now that that is very true. Mm-hmm. That he would not uh, uh, even do that. All right. You got a boat name for me? Coos, you want to go first? Aquaholic. <laughs> that would be my name. That's not bad, man. No, it's awesome, <laughs> but like, but of course. Like, what, what else would it be for Coos? You know, right. Aquaholic, yeah. I love it. That's good. That is really pretty good. So, Have you seen, like, <laughs> do, is there a list of, like, good boat names? Here, I pulled a bunch up. You have some? Cheating. Yeah. Um, well, here's the most common one. Here's the top eight, I These guess. These are stupid. Grace, <laughs> freedom, seize the day, therapy, second therapy? wind, uh, perseverance. I've got serendipity. Serendipity. How about, uh, Boyonce? <laughs> no, no. Are you ready for this? Serendipity. Are you ready for this? Because, you know, like how you sometimes when you're in high school, you get your first car, you kind of name it after a girl or something like that, you know, right? Yeah. Get ready for this. The Duchess of Duval. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. No, yeah, you're not in there. No, I was, I was yeah. trying to think who would have to own that car. So or is that, that for Cody? Boat? No, it's that's my boat. <laughs> well, what are you talking about right now? That's that's what the, the, that's the boat's name. Oh, okay. I also, you were well, tying, or, my, or my wife too. I thought I you were tying know. your wife into the boat name. No, I'm saying like you know like it's obviously a female, so I'm going to call it the Duchess of Duval. Or the Duke of Duval, if you want to go with a guy. Another That's really a, common my one. My boat's going to be a girl. Another common boat name is She Got the House. <laughs> yep. I like that a lot. She Brett, got what do you the got? House. That's very good. <laughs> <laughs> that is very, very good. So what do you pro- got? I'd probably name it after, like, the kids in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. That's dumb, well, too, though. Oh, wow. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, was, I was gonna tell a story too, but I'm like, nope, never mind. All right. So, so, so my agency that I had in for with for the NFL when I got drafted, uh, I was with XAM, and the reason it was called XAM was because they took the first son's name Max and turned it, you know, around. Uh, okay. So it was XAM. Okay. But apparently that's a dumb idea according to you. So nah, I, see, that's I'm just good. gonna be quiet now. So uh, don't I mean, worry. Listen, you can name your after the kid. <laughs> yeah, but I'm kidding. But what, I mean, what, what are you gonna name it? Kaylee. I mean, twins. Brent, what, what are you gonna name it? You know, you're, you're cashing those checks. You're snapping necks. You're feeling good. You got a boat. What are you getting, man? We're going to the Catalina Wine Mixer. We have two weeks off from work. Where are we going? And on what are we going to be calling it? Let's go. Don't. I want something creative, man. Don't cheat. I know. I'm trying to get. I'm giving I you, some ideas. I'm, I'm giving I asked the, the Duchess question and didn't even think of it. Uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was hoping to get some yeah. good answers. I knew I wasn't going to give the good answer. <laughs> uh I'll have to think about it a little bit more. Okay. I'm going to wait. Uh, maybe by the end of the show, I'll have my boat name. This I'll be other, waiting other ideas, with by the Fishtails is going to be a popular one, Fish right? Fishtails? Yeah. Yeah. Ships and Giggles? No, oh, that's pretty good. How's that one? <laughs> they had the drop button ready just in case. I was a little case. nervous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is good. Yeah. Give us some good boat names. You know what is uh? Do you know Belichick's? I thought. Remember they did the NFL Network piece on Belichick, mm-hmm. and I thought he had a creative name. Coos, if you can find that, let's go and Google that. I'm huh? pretty sure he had something that was like, ah, that was pretty good. But you know, like those boats. coaches all have have boats. Yeah. Oh no, for sure. I'm trying to think of who in Jacksonville. Obviously, Dude, Sean has of, Kismet. But one of, one of the coolest things I ever saw is when I I took a couple of visits to Seattle, and the way Seattle is practice uh, like the practice facility set up. Number one, they're owned by Microsoft, right? So believe me when I say, hey, legit, <laughs> everything's legit there in Seattle. But their practice, like the facility, it's right on the water. It's right like on a lake. So I see Pete Carroll with his boat literally pulls up to the facility, ties it off or whatever on the dock, and just walks to the facility, man. Like one of the coolest things you're ever going to see. That's awesome. His boat's um, called Six Rings. Six Rings. Which the what? R has like a like a loop on it, and then it's got rings. When they did the story, pompous. I think it said five. So actually. pompous. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe it's changed it. But uh, there's like not working, K-N-O-T, not. Ah, you know, I like that. Or not on call. And actually on the K list is Kismet. So really? is that a popular name? No idea. Who else would have a boat, you think, in Jacksonville? Linder has one. I wonder what the name of his boat is. Can go ahead and type in Can you, like, just look up boat re- on a boat registry? <laughs> I'm sure like you everybody's register. name? <laughs> you got to go boat to boatus.com, apparently. Is that what it is? Well, that's what this says. I don't know if it's going to give me all the names. Top 10. Oh, I can go by year. Aquaholics number one for number uh, 2019. Give me a break. It, oh, it, what, that wasn't an original. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, no, no of I don't have he original. Was plagiarizing. <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course, he's, he's got a track record of that. We've we've seen a firsthand of Flagler. <laughs> we, we know what goes on. Uh, <laughs> more cowbell is another one. Um, That'd be like a Mississippi State fan. Yeah. Oh, feeling yeah, yeah. feeling naughty, but with like a knot. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. High maintenance. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely not. That's and then why not is a great boat. Why not? <laughs> why not? Why not? I always I Duval like that. Duchess, man. You know Give it I, to me. I always want to do this story in Jacksonville. Yeah. Uh, that it's going to be hard to explain, but you know how like um, a lot of businesses will have like a catchphrase. Sure. You're right. A slogan. Yeah. That'd be the best way to say it. Yeah. So like when you're driving around Jacksonville and you see the uh, 
you know, whether it's a lawn company, yeah, you know, yeah. and how they they're play on words with landscaping yep. or lawn or mowing lawns or whatever else. I always think that's fun. Like, I, I think it, it there are some really good ones. Sure. I had none of them popping in my mind right now, but they're really good. So <laughs> I always wanted to do, leave an impression for them. But I yeah. always wanted to do this TV story, though, or something just right around town and. Just pick out all the best slogans that you see in a day. I like it. Uh, because isn't there, there was like one like company that, I, I don't know, maybe it's, it's, it played off like, uh, your wife is hot or something like that. Sure, you know? sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just really getting to the point. I, I can appreciate it. I, I mean, you probably have a, if you go across the, there's probably some yeah. really good ones across yeah. the country, but even in Jacksonville, that comes to mind sometimes because I'll be driving and I'll see them like, hey, that's pretty good. That's pretty good, uh, Play out words. Like we're talking about boat names, though. Like I picture it in, in like the worst circumstances possible. Like your boat's in the middle of the ocean and there's a hurricane coming. Like there was that one movie with uh, George Clooney. Was it Perfect Storm or something? Was Clooney in Perfect Storm? Perfect Storm was the Perfect Storm the one where they're in the boat and they're like all there's trapped. There's been a few now, but probably. It might have been it. It was boring. It was, it was like two Dogs. hours of kissing the family, like saying hi and fishing, and all of a sudden, oh, here comes a storm. Ten minutes. It's, it's like Titanic. <laughs> It was, it was, it's upside down. They're trying to escape. It, yeah, I saw it when I was a kid, but it, <laughs> but anyways, so like I picture that where it's like I have to call in, you know, whoever. Mayday, mayday. This is I'm not gonna say mayday, mayday. This is the the aquaholic. We need help. We need help. No, man. Mayday, mayday. This is the Duval Duchess. We're going down. We're gonna sink. Like you gotta have that little pomp. I'm not gonna have some stupid name where I'm gonna call mayday and they're gonna be like, wait, what? You're gonna be, <laughs> yeah, you gonna be ashamed to tell them yeah, the name of your exactly. boat. Exactly. I want boat names. Good boat names. Of course, uh, hey, Matt Sturman uh, uh, says in Jenny. I said by the end Aunt of the Jenny? show. Okay. Aunt Jenny? No, just Jenny oh, from Jenny. Uh, from uh, Jenny. Yeah. Yeah. From uh, Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Jenny. Yep. Yep. Jenny. All right. Uh, let's take a timeout. We got ten questions. We got a little uh, rising stock on one of the QBs in the draft. Yep. Is it real, though? Why all of a sudden? I'm kind of triggered. Is everybody just conditioned to throw QBs in the mix? (laughs) We'll do that. And your boat names, if you want. By the way, none of us are buying a boat. This just totally came about because I was walking and saw a boat with no name. And at the very moment, that's my name of the boat. Yep. No name. Better step your game up. I was going to say a funny name of a bar that's right by me I used to go to, but um, it's not really appropriate for the show, so never mind. I'm not going to say it. It's not Pickles. It's not Pickles. It's not It's not the Pickle, but I'll, I'll show you the name after the break. <laughs> pickle. Sorry, Pickle. Yep. We'll be back on ESPN 690. We've got some interesting boat names, just not sure we can say them yeah. on the air. And when in doubt, it's like, uh, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it's it. It's like uh, running a red light or yellow light. Yep. And also stealing bases. Don't do it, bro. And when in doubt, don't do it. My mom could be listening, okay? <laughs> Enough said. We don't need to do it. A lot of dirty names out there, though. For boats? Yeah. Yeah. Once again, if my boat's about to sink and I'm calling somebody, is it Mayday? <laughs> it's Mayday, right? I would think. Is that's that what, what you do? I, I, Mayday? SOS. It's got to be Mayday. Yeah, I guess it's Mayday, Mayday. That's what they say in the movies. Exactly, yeah. So if I'm calling Mayday, yeah, I'm not going to be. I'm not gonna repeat what the guy said, but I'm not going to use some of these people's names. I'm just not going to do it. That's fair I enough. Def- I deserve to drown if I'm going to call my boat. <laughs> 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 not going to say it, but offensive. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm still not being thinking of a uh, creative name for my own boat. Yeah, we're gonna get on that or not, man. You've had some time now. You gotta stop talking to me in the commercial breaks. <laughs> <laughs> that would help. I know. Uh want to remind everybody, by the way, hit ESPN690.com and join us, Jackson This Together, hashtag Jackson This Together, here on ESPN 690, WOKV, and all our uh, cluster of radio stations here at Cox Media Group, along with CBS 47 and Fox 30. Uh, we are doing a virtual food drive, which is pretty cool, and we'd love for you to participate and help uh, feeding Northeast Florida and provide to the less fortunate during these unfortunate times that we all have. ESPN690.com is the place to go. So many people in need right now. And uh, like I said earlier in the show, so many people willing to help. And, uh, you know, we kind of knew this. It would be a great show of humanity on so many different levels. Uh, I just saw the Twitter, and I don't know his name, Twitter founder. I think just uh, donated $1 billion toward the coronavirus pandemic. Wow. I didn't know Twitter like had that kind of money, cash oh. flow flowing, ar- flowing oh, around. yeah, man. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Come on, Brent. $1 billion. Yeah. It's Dang. pocket change for them. That's unbelievable. What a donation. But yeah, uh, awesome. we are not asking for a billion dollars. That would be nice. You got it. You know, you donate uh, some type of new TV in the studio. Come on, too. A little extra. <laughs> a little off the top. A little cream off the top. If you want uh, to. That is not where this is no, going. No, it's not going there. I'm kidding. Uh, virtual food drive. It's hashtag Jackson this together. ESPN690.com for more of the information. Here's the deal. I'll give you the uh, real abbreviated version. $40 provides 10 snack packs to children in need. $100 help provide four family boxes. $250 help provide 10 family boxes in need but you don't have to donate those figures exactly you can donate anywhere from five dollars to five hundred dollars or more a billion if you want uh but espn690.com the place to go help us out we'll keep reminding you about it but uh, hopefully uh you can participate along with our radio stations and tv stations hashtag jacks in this together brent Mortnow, austin lane who's together again Care here on a tuesday how much twitter um is worth in assets back in 2018 if you were put if you're donating a billion mm-hmm. this is back in 2018 keep in mind actually you know what i uh, there's one in 2020 here i'm yes. gonna say uh 200 billion no it only says 21 billion so ah that's a lot that's a big donation for generous 21 billion dollar guy generous Huh. It's awesome. Maybe they've really gone up since 18. I'm, hey, who knows, man? I mean, I'm sure they're crushing it. Have you seen Twitter lately? Yeah. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, Coos, let's get to it, man. Ten questions. What you got ready to roll? We'll also, uh, I, we have to get to Justin Herbert. We'll do that. Is his draft stock rising? Connections to the Jags in there? Come Easy on now. Come on, man. All right, Bill, let's go ten questions first. All right, Brent, my uh, first question to you is how upset are you that Psalm is retiring from Fortnite? Uh, can I phone a friend and ask <laughs> Ty? No, no, you can't. Twenty-five-year-old. He uh, he's yeah. retiring. He's retiring. He was the How runner. How much did up. he make? He was the. I didn't have that, but he was the runner-up to the uh, World Cup finals that we kind of actually talked about last yeah, year with yeah. the winner. Yeah. Hey, quick uh, story on that. Uh, not been thirty seconds, but so <laughs> so a couple weeks this ago. Was, this is more of a joke topic, but I'm glad it's turned into so, something. So, uh, Ty, Ty plays Fortnite, right? Yeah. Um, it probably plays it too much. Sure, but as it, most kids do at yeah. his age. Yeah. And Kaylee's been playing as well. But so t- a couple weeks ago, we're out. I, I don't know if we went to a store or whatever. I don't know what it was, but we were out and said, Ty, you going to come? And he's like, no, 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 I got to stay in. 
you know, I'm playing Fortnite. I've got, I'm playing with Justin, his buddy Justin. Sure. And so he plays this thing. It was me. It, not Justin. Not that Justin. He pl- I don't think. I have no <laughs> you idea. You never know, man. I have no you idea. You never know. I yeah. probably should have better parenting than yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so he plays this thing, and he plays from like 1 p.m. until 4 p.m. Well, mm. then Justin's mom is texting Steph. They're like, hey, they're winning. They're winning. They're winning. They're winning all this stuff. Like, what are you even talking about? Like, winning what? Money? They're like, yeah, you can win money, and you can do this stuff. Like, what game are they in? No, and so then they win one of the segments, right? Yeah. So I'm like, I'm out, now I'm like, shoot, I'm getting excited Brent's here. Brent's all in trying to push money. Hey, hey, forget baseball. Hey, yeah. Gaming it is. Maybe you're really good at this, yeah, and I yeah. have no idea. <laughs> So I guess, I don't know, it's like they, they do these tournaments like twice a week and they're, they're 10 g- different games in a three-hour window. Well, they were playing with one, of course, not for money, yeah, yeah. and they did okay. They won like one of the segments. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they, they didn't win the whole shebang. They didn't win the whole shebang, well, but I guess Wednesday's thing. the big day is what I've now learned. That's when you, where you win the yeah. money. And then okay. when you get into those, it's like hey. it, the well, level of the talent shows up. Oh, that's what Ty, to the that's show. what I said. Yeah. I was like, Ty, can you really like win? He's like, no. no. He's like, these people play this like 18 hours a day. He's right. like, they're right. unbelievable. Yeah. So I, I'm learning here. Did I ever tell a story when a parent told me to stop talking smack to her son on Call of Duty? <laughs> hey, first year. What? We'll get to ten questions in a minute. Yeah, first year. I'm J- glad because this doesn't even count as an actual question. That so, was just more of a joke. So, so my first year at Jacksonville. Um, obviously I got the new Call of Duty. That might have been what Coos. Modern Warfare, like the original Modern Warfare, maybe? Oh, I don't wow. Know. Whatever okay. it was, 2010. I, that's a maybe long time two ago. then. But um, for whatever reason, man, I, I had this, because you know my personality, Brent. I'm petty number one, and number two, I can talk some smack. And we're we're going against these kids, man. It was me and my friends from back in Wisconsin, mind you, grown-ass men at the time. We're, we're all, you know, in our mid-20s going against a, a bunch of kids. And... Needless to say, we absolutely dominated them in every aspect of the game. And back then, I wasn't swearing, but for whatever reason, I had the habit of calling them juice box boys. So I said, what's up, juice box boys? You like that? Go get me a juice box, juice box boy. That's actually it's from a movie from Will Ferrell. It's called Kicking and Screaming. So I kept on repeating that. Load that I know that one of the kid's parents... Like, the speaker was on the TV, not the headphones, right? So the whole time, this parents, this kid's mom is listening to me call her son repeatedly over and over and over again a juice box boy. So finally, the parent had enough, jumps on the, the microphone and goes, Stop calling my son a juice box boy. You're a, you know, yeah, 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 you're an expletive, expletive, expletive. You're a grown expletive. Man, what are you doing talking smack to, like, a 10-year-old? I'm like... Sorry about that, man. I had no idea. And I'm like, I, and then I, I said, he's still a juice box boy. Quick. And then I, I got off of it. That's just, the best because they can't little, find oh, you. Oh, you can't find me? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I'm, a, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm in the NFL trying to, you know, <laughs> make a career for myself. But instead of going over my playbook, I'm talking to 10-year-olds, calling them juice box boys online. You got to <laughs> love it, man. Uh, Brent, isn't it amazing uh, I made it four, isn't it amazing gosh. I made it as long as I did in the NFL? It, it really isn't it amazing is. I made it five years in the league? It really oh. is. But by the grace of God, Brent, I'll tell you what, man. So the main reason I brought that up <laughs> we, was to we mainly... We live such different lives. I know, it's all good, though. The main reason I did bring that up, though, was to talk about the 2K tournament that the NBA, NBA players did, yeah. are doing. Mm-hmm. The quarterfinals are going to be Thursday. Do you guys like it? Like, what? Do you hate it? Do you feel any kind of way about it? Yeah, listen, I'm not going to watch. Uh, uh, I, it was kind of to Brent, but you okay. can answer. I'm not, gonna, I, I'm not watching much of it. I saw it a little bit on. And again, I kind of feed up. I think what they're going after here is that younger generation of kids to mm-hmm. say, you know, trying to keep the NBA alive anyway, show some personality with the guys. And I think that's been fun having them mic'd up and, and competing. But 
you know, like Ty was watching. Now he wasn't locked in, but he was kind of casually watching it the other day. I think that's what they're after. Mm-hmm. So it's not. I, I, it's not that I don't like it. But I would just say I wasn't locked into it either. I'm not sitting there watching two people play video games. I know that's the big thing now. Yeah, but, but I'm not no, doing I'm, it. I'm with you, man. But even the problem I had with that was like players n- not playing as their team that they're they are in real life. I guess it yeah. kind of felt weird to me. Yeah, you had a problem with that. Yeah, I, I, I thought when I saw <laughs> that, I actually thought they were just excluded from using their own team. Like and maybe I, that would have been a good but, rule to to put in. But then everyone just picked the Bucks, which yeah. uh, you know, so. I mean, tell the truth, back in 2010, I wasn't playing with the Jaguars and Madden, all right? So, <laughs> hey, hey, not even close. <laughs> yeah, this question goes not even close. full circle. Yeah. yeah. All right. Steelers. So, uh, Austin. Steelers, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, what's up, man? <laughs> Schefter uh, tweeted that Hard Knocks is planning to do a, like, a double team Hard Knocks yes. this year, uh, and they said that it, it's possibly going to be the Los Angeles Rams and the Chargers. Yep. Do you like those teams for Hard Knocks? No, not really. Um, I can see the Rams intrigue a little bit. You got Sean McVay, Mr. Pretty Boy. You know, that's going to be good for ratings, obviously. You got Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald. Um, so you have some of the star power there. To me, though, the Chargers, it's just kind of like, well, you you don't have Philip Rivers anymore. Melvin Gordon's gone. Um you know, who's going to be like the polarizing guy on the Chargers? And I, I just can't really, really name one right now. You know, I mean, Keenan Allen, I guess. Nah, I yeah. mean, yeah, Derwin James will be the star. Dur- of I guess, yeah, Derwin James, you're right. Derwin James will be the star of, of yeah. Hard Knocks, I would think. Yeah, so overall, man, I would like to see, like, Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, you know, like, I just felt like, didn't the Rams just have <laughs> Hard Knocks, it seems like, or didn't? Well, I don't but, know. yeah, but McVay will be a good player in that. Uh, and by the way, I mean, I'm not mad about the Rams. I'm you, not, it's I the know. Chargers. Are you going to get? Uh, are we all going to get sick and tired of? We're not going to watch it around here because of Ramsey, because you know Rams going to be a star in it. Oh, of course, man. I mean, that's why he's. That's probably the main reason why they chose the Rams. Uh, I'm not going to get sick and tired of it. Like I, I know what Ramsey is and everything, but let's keep in mind too. They still have to have a regular, like a regular, you know, camp. Camp. Yeah. So we don't know how I that's like going to. I like the idea, either. by the way, to freshen it up and give it a little something different. I, I am not as. I like Hard Knocks. Sure. But I'm not as over the top about Hard Knocks as so many other people are. And I think it had start it was starting to get a little bit stale. Everybody could write the script. Oh, the Raiders was horrible last right? year. So yeah. I, I think at least this flips it a little bit and you get two teams involved and maybe that will prevent some of the stale nature of some of the personalities. Sure. And only so many ways to do it because again you can get access, but you're not getting complete access. Nobody's gonna allow you to do all of that. Let me ask you, if you pick one team excluding the Jaguars for hard knocks, who are you getting? Oof, great one. Uh, I guess the Bucks would be a lot of fun in terms of Tom Brady. You know, uh, how do they adapt to that? But actually, on the flip side of that, it, he'll never do it. But wouldn't the Patriots be fun to figure out how they are going to navigate without <laughs> now Brady? <what? laughs> you know, yeah. that could be the See, title of it: Hard Knocks. Now what? You, you, know, oh, dude, you know what team doesn't need Hard Knocks though? Who's that? Is like Jerry Jones and the Cowboys. Like the guy talks like fourteen times a week. We've seen behind the curtain. We know what goes on. I don't even think you need that. Yeah. Listen, to to me, there's only one. Well, there's a couple teams you can name. Obviously, I think Baltimore would be intriguing a little bit because they're the hot team. But, dude, Kansas City, man. Because the head coach always makes hard knocks. Yeah. Andy Reid, are you kidding me, man? Kansas City. Give me Kansas City. By the way, you got Kelsey, personality. Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes. obviously. Come on, They would play well. Yeah. By the way, Baltimore won't do it anyway because, like, on the list of paranoid coaches, John Harbaugh is at near the top. 
He's, he's worried about getting hacked at, for the. No surprise yeah. that came from him. <laughs> right. Again, like you'd think the NFL was. They were doing brain surgery every day. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, we got to answer these questions. That Go was ahead. that was one of them. I know that was yeah. like 15 minutes. We got to hustle. Let's but go. but you good. you segue perfectly into my next one, Brent. Is yes. talking about the potential of their Zoom getting hacked. How many teams do you think claim this if? Their pick is not received very well. <laughs> That's a good call right there. That's a great rebuttal uh, for a lot of teams. Again, guys, I have a feeling this is going to go off a lot better than people think. I don't think a lot of these snafus are going to exist. Could we see a minor glitch? Maybe. I think there might be some more issues. See, this happens a lot in our business, too, where the listener or sometimes the viewer doesn't realize something happened, yet everybody's freaking out behind the scenes, Right. I think there'll be a little bit of that. Like if you knew what was going on inside the rooms or communication and all that, that kind of stuff. But I just don't know if as a viewer, we'll be able to tell all that. It's like when you see a band perform that, you know, it sounds great. And then you talk to them and they're like, oh, I totally messed up this or that. And you're like, great analogy. It's the same thing. I think that's what this will be. We'll hear in the Monday morning quarterback with Peter King Mm -hmm. of all the things that kind of went wrong and everybody telling their own little dirty secret here or there. But I'm not sure we're going to see that. Yeah. Uh, during draft weekend. All right, Austin, uh, the GM for the Steelers uh, offered potentially adding three more rounds to the draft to widen the club's margin for error. Do you think that would help, um, or is that like an overreaction? Um, would it help? Yes. Do I think they should do it? Absolutely not, because you're, you're going to make up for your margin of error. How about you don't have a margin of error? How about you do your job? Your scouting department does their job. You're, you're a GM. You do your job, and you pick the right guys. Okay? There's no excuses. You, you've had opportunities to watch film. You've had opportunities to meet with college guys during the regular season. You're supposed to do your due diligence at the Combine and the Senior Bowl and all the All-Star games, so make the right decisions. Don't add it because, well, we don't have you know these pro days. Now. No. There's no excuses, man. Welcome to the show. Make the right picks. Uh, This was an interesting one that I saw on Reddit. Brent, where would you rank Daniel Jones and Kyler Murray in this year's quarterback class? And I'll throw Gardner Minshew in that, too, even though I know he was kind of later and more of a diamond in the rough. Yeah, yeah, those were top ten. (laughs) That's a a great question. I like the question on Reddit uh, for that one. Um, hmm. I mean, Burrow Burrow would be slam dunk number one. The question is, where does Tua come in? Uh, I think Tua would come in next. And, and again, I'm not even that high on Tua. I just think from a ranking standpoint. Now, remember, I was high on Jones. So I had was, Jones ahead of Kyler Murray. He, he was first team all Brent Martin. <laughs> he was. In fact, I'm naming my boat after him. <laughs> Daniel Jones. <laughs> DJ. <laughs> Daniel Jones Locker. Because, you know, like the Daniel Jones. Yeah, yeah. Done. <laughs> Done. Make t-shirts right now. By the way, the best boat response, and can I just steal it, is from Josh. He said he's naming his boat Bortles. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) It was Wayne Bortles the whole time. I know, the whole time. was right there. I I know, I should have done it. I died on that damn hill. I should name the boat after him. (laughs) Gonna die in the ocean, too. Uh, But, yeah, so I would say uh, Burrow, Tua, Jones, Murray. And where would you put if Minshew was in the mix? Do you does that change it at all? Knowing what we know now or not? Well, I guess not, you have to take into what you know now, right? Just to make I it. I still think if I'm being 
Well, here's the deal. <laughs> you know, it's funny about me because, again, I, I'm, I'm going to be a little careful here. I'm kind of doing it as how I think the people would – how analysts would do it. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge believer that two is going to be this great NFL quarterback. So – but I think coming out, they would be in that order. And I think Minshew probably still, even now, would be fifth on that list. But, like, I actually, I think Minshew's going to be a better quarterback than Tua. When you look back on the career. I really do. As of right now. Cool. <laughs> All right, Austin. Not uh, sure about Daniel Jones, though. I would hesitate. Oh, Brent, shame on you, man. Going back on your boy like that? I just have to be honest. First team all Martin. I had everything. Daniel Jones high on my list. First team all Martin. And I, I'm riding with it. was unanimous, too. Unanimous decision, first team all Martin. What do you got, Coos? All right. Uh, do you think there will be a run on quarterbacks in the draft like we kind of talked about yesterday? I know a lot of people are starting to, to comment about that. A run in the first round? Sure. Okay. Um... Because the idea being, if that happens, then that might help the yeah, Jags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. Really, in the top ten, will there be I a run? This kind of get into our topic in a minute too. But Herbert and Jordan Love, did they sneak in the top ten yeah. and kind of reset the top half of that first round? So I think Herbert definitely sneaks in. Obviously, Tua's going to be in there. <sighs> Jordan loves the wild card. So do I think Tua goes top ten? Do I think Justin Herbert goes top ten? And obviously, you got a uh, Burrow. I think three quarterbacks go in the top ten. I think the wild card is love, and I get the comparisons because people want to say, well, this guy's like Patrick Mahomes. This guy's like Patrick Mahomes. I get that. You can make an argument. Well, he's a small school guy. Well, so is Josh Allen for the Buffalo Bills, and you saw how he did last year. Okay? And he came from Wyoming who didn't put up really gaudy numbers, had nobody around him. So I can see the intrigue. But I don't think anybody wants to take that risk. I don't think anybody wants to be the team that you know moves up to take Jordan Love and said we put all our chips in this basket like ally Mitch Trubisky and then get crucified for it. So I think there's going to be three quarterbacks in the top ten, and right. then and then Jordan Love maybe goes someplace deep down in the in the first round. All right, Brent. And uh, the question for you is, what team will end up with Jan? Yeah. Uh, well, here's the deal, and this goes back to a little bit of a conversation we had prior to the show on social media with Ryan Davis, former Jags player, and he listed the top five teams that he could go to. The Giants, the Eagles were on the list, the Bills were on the list, I think the Jets were on the list, and I'm missing one team. And I said, where are the Jags? Kind of kidding. But in 2020, where do I think Yannick Ngakwe is going to be? I'm sticking with the Jags. And Davis, funny, uh, Ryan, he put 33rd, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was having some fun with it. And I think there are a lot of folks that would say to this answer, somebody else, they'll be somewhere else. Well, uh, one person on Twitter just said, I hope he stays in Duval. Well, I'm not sure hope is uh, a good one. Uh, that's going to work. Uh, Jags mega fan says, I hope he goes to the Giants. <laughs> Obviously wants Jan out of here. I think Jan will be in Jacksonville. I, I, I'm going to stick to that. I don't think they're going to get what they want in return. I think Shad Khan is digging in the sand on this one, and I think he, that franchise tag will stick. He's going to have to sign that franchise tag. I think he eventually will. I think he'll play in Jacksonville in 2020, like it or not. Last question for Austin. Which team should want Jan the most? Good one, Kuz. Very good. Just like, you know, like, who's going after, like, his English class? Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. where you had the kind of, like, from reading comprehension to then writing an essay. And, like, you'd almost, like, build that one paragraph off this one little subject. He's building this this last couple questions off this one topic of yawn very nicely. Ah, it's not too bad, I say, man. I usually just copied from the person next to me, but... <laughs> 
Plagiarism <laughs> again. That sounds about right. Thanks for buying me time. Watch, check out the Bills depth chart, and I see it, and we're good. Okay, so if it's me, I'm going to go with the Eagles. Um, obviously, that wide nine defense, like I've talked about now, uh, to probably some listeners are nauseous about it, but the, the wide nine defense is a defensive end friendly defense. I think Yannick Ngakwe would fit that mold really well. I think Philly, they have Fletcher Cox at the three technique, so they have that piece done. Um, they have older guys on the edge. You have Brandon Graham, who came out the same year I did, so either you're old or whatever. I don't, know. I don't think I'm old, but people will tell you that you're old. So you're old there, and obviously at the other side can have Yannick Ngakwe rushing the passer. Um, I think the Eagles, because the, the, there are a few players away, I think, for, especially in that division, from making some noise yet again. Brent, have you seen, real quick, have you seen Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft right now? He just posted. He just put it out? What's he got uh, for him? This morning. Uh, Is this going to play into this next conversation? Nope, but it's going to make you mad. Uh-oh. So, uh, he's got Derek, Isaiah Simmons? So he's got Derek Brown going number seven. That would make you mad. Uh, Isaiah Simmons actually goes number ten to the Cleveland Browns. The Jaguars take Mikai Becton, offensive tackle, Louisville with yeah, the number nine pick. He's a big fella, man. Sure. I, I, no, listen, that's not going to make me mad. Over Isaiah Simmons? That would be interesting. I thought about that scenario yesterday, mm-hmm. maybe on one of my walks, just when I saw the boat. But Ben goes on draft walks. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, I have nothing else to say to my wife. I'm making three walks a day here. I mean, what else you want yeah. me to say? We go on three walks a day, 2.2 miles. I mean, it's a half hour at a time. I'm telling you, you see him walking like you. It's like he's walking, but he's not there. What's he doing in his mind? He's like drafts. Oh, no, going no, on. Like I tell her, I said, oh, hey, like we're working on this I'm, umpire story. And every touching, time we walk by the baseball fields, I'm thinking of how I'm writing the baseball story. <laughs> I'm touching my face. I don't care right now because it's so funny. I got nothing else to say to my wife. Oh, I love it, man. So anyway, I was thinking <laughs> that could draw an interesting reaction. I still don't know where Isaiah Simmons fits for the Jags. I don't know where it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Although I have a hard time passing up on a guy, and I've said this before, that might be like the Derwin James of this draft. Mm-hmm. I just don't know where he fits. And so when you have that puzzle piece, yes, there's a belief that I have of just go get the best player, find a place for him. But if you have guys like that, that you value offensive tackle or say a Kinlaw was on the board where there's such a bigger need for that right now than Simmons that could be one of those dangerous things we look back on, whether the Jags pick Simmons and take a flyer on that mm-hmm. and don't really know where to put him, and so he underperforms, or they pass on him, and somebody Cleveland takes him or whoever takes him, and he's a stud, yeah. and you had the chance. He's a big risk-reward guy, I think, in this draft for the Jacksonville Jaguars is Simmons, but I can't tell you I'd be mad at that pick. I know it's not a sexy pick. I think it also sets me up for the future very nicely if you pick the kid out of Louisville. He is a big, big dude. He also has number at 20, then the Jaguars taking Justin Jefferson out of LSU wide receiver. Yeah, that is it's going to surprise me. Yeah. Sorry, okay. But yeah, uh, get to your stuff, man. Real, Sorry, real quick, Justin Herbert. Yes. Uh, and we're going to do Bold City Heating and Air, by the way. Uh, hot or cold stock on some of these draft prospects. Uh, Bold City Heating and Air. Uh, do what I do. Give them a call, and they'll help you out at home. I know these are difficult times. They're sensitive to that, but they want to let you know that they are there for you as well. 904-379-1648 or visit them at boldcityac.com. Bold City Heating and Air. Hot or cold in terms of the stock of Justin Herbert, hot, but are they right? Like this is one where it's it's rising because he's got what QB next to his name. Mm-hmm. 
Why am I not in love with him? Like, I'm cold on Herbert, especially where people have him. Some mock to the Jags, especially if they were to jump up in the draft. That silly one CBS Sports had, I think. Come on, guys. Why is he so hot right now in terms of moving up boards? Is it simply just because of the position? And do you think he's worthy of his stock rising? So why is he hot in a lot of people's eyes? Because once again, you make the mistake that everybody makes where you you have this preconceived notion of what a quarterback looks like. All right. This is a a big, tall, um, big frame type of dude, pretty athletic, big arm. I think he's right. I mean, and actually, I'm I'm not saying I believe in Justin Herbert, like to be a a full pledge all pro quarterback. But I do think he's going to have a pretty good career because all I have to go off of is the last game I saw him competing, okay? And that was Wisconsin Badgers' yeah. Rose Bowl game. We all think that we know what Oregon offense when we see it, right? The Oregon offense with Tua, or not Tua, but with, with um, Marcus Mariota back in the day, like this high-powered offensive juggernaut. And that's what Oregon's always been. We'll go back to last year and the year before that. They were a run-first team past second. And that's what happened against the Wisconsin Badgers. Now, I think Justin Herbert has the legs to be successful. I think he's got the big arm to be successful. Can he put it all together? I thought he made some great throws in that Rose Bowl game. I think he's intriguing, man. I think if he gets with the right team, he could be the best quarterback, maybe. And mark this down. With, with, with Burrow even in it and Tua. He might be the best quarterback in the draft in the next wow. five years. so you might be hot on him as well, hot thanks to Bold City Heating and Air. Uh, once again, give him a call, 904-379-1648, or visit them at boldcityac.com. How about this for a boat name? Finally, here we are. What do you got? Ready, Coos? The nod to Coos. Okay. Fallen, not fallen. I like it. I like it. I mean, squat, we're balling, not squalling. <laughs> I got a little play on the water. Because of the water. Yeah, but right. I'm not mad at that, though. Cool. Let's go ahead and trademark that. Let's go buy a boat and uh, I'm sure that's going to be a tax right off for the show, right? They put a, <laughs> some ESPN 690 stickers on it. Listen, we need a boat. Write it off. Yeah. We Nick's need not a boat here to here. tell us no. Yeah, you don't have to <laughs> Hey, Nick, we just bought a boat. Yep. Put it put on the card. <laughs> We'll put a logo on it. You guys can broadcast from out there. Put it on the corporate card. Put it on the corporate card. And sign us up for the boat show next year. Let's get it. Have a good night, everybody. We'll see you on TV, CBS 47 and Fox 30 more on the Yannick and Gakwe situation coming up on TV. And we'll have a local golf day tomorrow here on ESPN 690. Hey everybody, it's Brent Morton. We at Action Sports Shacks hope you and your family are doing well. Coronavirus has forced a lot of people to choose between buying food and keeping the lights on. Whether you're one of these people or not, we're all living through this pandemic together. We've partnered with Feeding Northeast Florida for a virtual food drive so you can help without leaving your house. To donate now, go to ESPN690.com. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. At Ace, we always have been and always will be committed to our local communities because we're here to help others. So in this time of need, your local Ace remains open. And since we're in your neighborhood, we can deliver almost anything you need. So shop in store or online for the home or yard products you're looking for and choose from top brands like Steel, Ego, Toro, and Scott's. Then you can pick up in-store, curbside, or we'll deliver your order right to your door. Help is just around the block. See acehardware.com for details. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger. 
for the ones who get it done.